one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, and welcome to the Force Center podcast feed. This is a very special episode in which Force Center reacts to not one, but two sudden Kenobi reveals, one of my favorite things to be revealed, Kenobi's. We have the Entertainment Weekly photo spread and a teaser trailer for the television show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
I'm Cat Napsuck. Some of you might be listening to us for the first time or the first time in a while because you're looking for Kenobi news. So I'll keep all my banter to a minimum and just get to the main course of this meal. But what a day, what a time. And man, I'm going to revel in this joy. Uh, Joseph, uh, this, is, uh, this is something you've been waiting for your whole life. Jokes yeah, aside. This is a joy reveling day. Kenobi is one of my very, very favorite uh, Star Wars characters. Always love Ewan McGregor's performance. I am not alone in that. You are a big fan as well. And Ken, you were joking right before we uh, got started of this will be a day long remembered. This has certainly been a day long waited for and wondered about of exactly when the teaser trailer was going to drop, when we were going to get more information. And this morning was just, it was kind of bonkers, right? That uh, all this stuff dropped at once. I kind of imagined Obi-Wan Kenobi himself in his fun, snarky way saying, I'm sorry, did you have other plans today? Well, too bad. (laughs) Uh, So we are going to break down that teaser trailer. And then we're going to take a look at some of the great photos in the Entertainment Weekly preview. Some of the things in the Entertainment Weekly uh, preview Uh, Some of the questions raised were answered immediately by the trailer, but there's still some different images and some different ideas. So we're going to take a little bit of time with that as well. Ken, we're going to get into it all, but we always like to take a step back too. And just before we kind of put on uh, uh, analysis hats, uh, really have fan hats on. A couple Mm -hmm. things I want to talk about from that perspective uh, the press onslaught is is beginning, right? Uh, Given the nature of Ewan McGregor's status, just, as a huge star, even outside of Star Wars, uh, and the stature of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, not only in Star Wars, but just in popular culture. At this point, children uh, are born through cultural osmosis, knowing who Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are. So given that, it seems like Disney Plus is going to advertise the living hell out of this uh, television show. Uh, there was even a tweet uh, before the trailer dropped, just when the EW article uh, came out, Uh, from uh, Pablo Hidalgo saying, hey, if you're the kind of fan who likes to try to have a media blackout and not know anything about it, this is going to be a rough, challenging time for you. (laughs) So you and I are both lean toward the kind of fan where we'd be happy to know nothing. Great. Ewan McGregor's doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Great. We're there. Uh, But we do have to deal with the reality that we live in a different time where we're going to see a lot. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to put together a lot of the pieces. How are you finding, how are you feeling about the fact that we are going to know a lot going in? You you were tested in moments of fire, right? Uh, you trial by tribulation here. I, it's very easy. And I believe, tell you what, if, I, if there was ne- never a trailer released, we wouldn't know what we're missing. And I do want to go in as blind as possible. However, look, also it generates our uh, podcast economy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie there, but also... I don't know. It's kind of like you you, you think I'm going to have a salad today and you go in the restaurant and they're like mashed potatoes, gravy, mac and cheese. Would you like a steak even though you're trying to be <laughs> vegan? And you're like, yes, uh, that was me today. A steak and mashed potatoes of Star Wars. And again, I don't want to get too serious. The state of the world, state of the world, uh, local politics by local. I mean, uh, the United States, uh, the, 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 the war in Ukraine. I, I, I've been really down by a lot of this. A lot mm-hmm. of people listening have been really down. I don't want to underplay that. I don't, I'm not, ta- you, but I think you can be concerned and have joy, and you can have concern for the same thing that gives you joy. And I'm, I'm really, uh, the duel of fates hit, and joy overtook me. Yeah, no, I really hear what you're saying, and I really like uh, that you are acknowledging that there's a lot to be discussed, even a lot related to uh, the company of Disney that is happening right now. 
Um, and I think that for me, I, I like to be able to perceive things on multiple levels, discuss things on multiple levels. And you're right. There's some things to really be concerned about and really talk about and, uh, also be able to say, but this uh, part of it is extremely joyful. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi part of it is very joyful to me. I love your food analogy. We love food analogies on yes. Force Center. I love that you've compared Obi-Wan Kenobi to macaroni and cheese and potatoes. <laughs> no salad here. This is all uh, mac and cheese and potatoes, Kenobi. Uh, yeah, I think I have really, uh, I really have been resistant even over all the years of doing the podcast, enjoying discussing the trailers as a fan in my heart of hearts, if I can look away, I look away. I don't want to know. I didn't pay much attention to the trailers for the Batman movie, and I enjoyed going in a little bit more blind. Uh, but we talk a lot on Force Center about how in, in Star Wars, there's this idea that what is destiny? Well, it brings you to an inevitable choice, mm. a point where you have to make a decision. And I feel like uh, with Kenobi being a show that I'm extremely excited about, and if I weren't doing a podcast, I would mostly try to avoid, Destiny has brought me to a choice. Mm. I think there's going to be a ton of promotion. I think yeah. it's going to be structured so that we're going to be able to figure out lots and lots and lots of beats of this show. <laughs> yeah. And even today, I feel like, great, a bunch of maybes were, for in my mind, 100% confirmed um, yeah. for story structure and uh, story stakes and all that. And I have just made the choice uh, to open myself to it. And I, I'm not going to look at any leaks. I'm not going to share any leaks. But anything official that Lucasfilm puts out, I'm just going to embrace <laughs> like I'm very hungry and it is macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just really embrace it and let go of the, oh, but am I figuring out too much? I think we're going to know half of this show uh, yeah. given the amount that they want to hype it and the amount of, of the show that is inevitable based on the timeline and the theme. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you there. And in final food analogy, leaks and scoops are the empty calories of this meal here, quite frankly. And I say that with a little sting in my voice. Uh, don't acknowledge those. Don't look at those. Don't enjoy those. But when the meal is served, they're selling the themes. They're telling you what the show's about. And we even had discussion this week on Force Center about the Boba Fett marketing. What we, Great question came in, right, from Nick about Boba Fett marketing, Kenobi, Kenobi marketing. And I, I was able to have a more center conversation about, hey, you know, a vague picture. But here it is. Disney said this at Lucasfilm specifically. Here's what we feel you need to know going in. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, I think they're trying to get people hyped up and I think they're trying to play fair and tell people what to expect. We're going to get into all that. But also just from a, a point of fun, uh, this was all a surprise. We didn't know that EW article was coming uh, and then we didn't know that the trailer was coming shortly af after it. So what were you doing or trying to do this morning when the trailer came out? First of all, trying to wake up, which is like Boba Fett getting out of a back to tank, always hard. Uh, <laughs> then uh, trying to do some work. You know, Wednesday, we were about to record the Clone Wars report and four episodes. And I'd already watched episodes, but I was good doing my notes. And, you know, it's about a two hour process. So I was doing the notes. Pictures came out. So it was kind of researching that while looking at the pictures. And then other things can't go into a life just as that. But I, I, I had written you and I, I said, can we delay our recording about 10 minutes? <laughs> uh, I, I got life. And, and, and here to confess the truth now, I needed to give some time to take my dog Baxter, my five pound chihuahua, Grace and I have. I needed to make sure I could take him potty hmm. and I needed to have doggy potty time. <laughs> you that, can always have doggy potty time. Yeah. That beat, that that delay allowed for you to go handle some final business and then the trailer to drop. We would have been recording, had a, probably missed it. 
done the whole thing. We would have got it out eventually today. But it was hilarious. I was even joking at our force in our Discord. The force manifested in a five-pound chihuahua that needed to go. Well, uh, blessings to the bladder and or other body parts of that chihuahua. Uh, yeah, this is very funny. I didn't, it, I kind of had my day planned. I had to uh, finish some notes on the Clone Wars report. And I was like, hey, look, if, I, if I'm real focused, I can be done and ready at 11. Uh, and then I get up and I see that EW article. I wrote up an entire rundown about that EW article, sent it to you, got into the shower. And then I stepped out of the shower and checked my phone because I'm like that. Yeah. Uh, the wedding ring goes back on. I pick up the phone. <laughs> and then I see this email has come in that uh, that the Kenobi trailer has dropped. <laughs> yeah. And I found myself making that that constant choice in life. Uh, do I watch the Kenobi trailer or do I put my clothes on first? Which would Obi-Wan want? Uh, it turns out Joseph's recording this episode in a towel. Here we are. <laughs> I'm going to leave the mystery uh, there, but I sat down, enjoyed it, texted you, uh, you know, watch the trailer, uh, rework these notes, and uh, now we're ready to dig in. So what was, you said joy, you used the word joy, but mm -hmm. more, even more than that, what was your overall emotional reaction to finally watching this trailer? Uh, 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 an intake, a sharp intake, a gasp. A ha, huh, a a it un, 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 unfurled in front of me, and I, I was uh, taken in by the glory. What I uh, all that to say is, this trailer started really, really good. But like you know, I'd expect this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he's alone in the desert, right? Oh, we wait for this. Are we gonna get Luke? Oh, there is Luke. We're gonna get Luke. <laughs> Serious. Here we go. <laughs> and the, the 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 graphic and the duel of fates. Um, and I and we're gonna go into the, what that means. This big place of loss. One of the big themes I think the show is gonna be about. Very clearly, loss, trauma, all those kind of things. But also uh, that great piece of music connecting to the Phantom Menace, connecting to that era, connecting to that music video they used to play at MTV. And it's just one of those basic Star Wars moments of joy. And that kind of set me up for the series. Then um, uh, the, the, the hope survives when that popped up. Um, I cried. Now, it's easy to make fun of Kevin Smith and anyone else who cries at Star Wars. I don't. I, I cry in Rise of Skywalker. I cry in Radis. I have moments where tears flow, but I, I don't. I want to. I don't t cry a ton with Star Wars. I just I'm moved. I'm inspired. Um, I, I it, it overcame me in a way that I couldn't fully explain. Something about hope. Hope being the center of this message, as always and always as it should be in Star Wars. Man, that got me. That got me, and I was uh, overtaken. Yeah, I, I think that is a great summary of emotion uh, from joy to maybe empathy for loss to catharsis of <laughs> of crying at the idea that hope survives. Uh, I was very much in, in the same place. I was really blown away. I was emotionally affected by seeing the things that I kind of expected to see and then seeing some images that were maybe even a little bit different. But my overall emotional reaction was just this, uh, this great sense of... Uh, my hero and many other people's hero is returning. Um, yeah. I love the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've always loved Ewan McGregor's performance. So there's just that hooray. It's, it's back. It's all back, but all from this perspective that um, hope matters the most when things are bleakest. Right. Mm -hmm. So if this was just like a, Hey, you know what? We, uh, we were having, we found a way to have an Obi-Wan adventure during the clone wars. Like that'd be really cool. That'd be great. But this isn't just like a random Obi-Wan adventure. It is so much about the soul of the character of uh, the, the Jedi that doesn't break, you know, the Jedi that finds light when it is the darkest. So I think it was the joy and that, connection to that emotion exactly what you're talking about at the top of our of our podcast here that 
there's a lot of bleak things going on in the real world. So to see this incredible space fantasy that we have these, uh, you know, relationships with because we've watched it over the years, uh, somehow reflect through laser swords and weird desert creatures <laughs> in a kid in goggles on a moisture farm, through all of that space fantasy weirdness to reach out and do what Star Wars always does its best, saying like, we we we're finding where you your heart is where the truth of your life is like hope matters when things are bleakest and there's a lot of bleak things right now in the real world so to have this hero waltz back in and go yeah i could really see my way toward giving up but this whole show is going to be about me not giving up so powerful yeah, no, art is communication. Art is a comment on the world. Art can be silly and joyful and entertaining, and it can have uh, deep, uh, poignant meanings. We of often say that's what Star Wars is here for, the silly and the poignant, right? That's something that you had uh, said one time that uh, I think needs to be on a T-shirt in Star Wars. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm not going to get too super deep with it, but it's like, you know, uh, if you're out there having your very identity uh, – uh, your very being questioned and criminalized. If you're out there having your very land uh, uh, destroyed, I, I, I don't want to be over dramatic here, but it's like in, in darkness and defeat, hope survives. It's a very universal message. Obi Wan Kenobi's not going to change the world. This podcast doesn't change the world. Mm -hmm. It's why we keep gathering around this old transistor radio <laughs> of uh, podcasting and life and entertainment and movies and shows. This is why they are so powerful. I don't believe the discussion of them always needs to be gamified and sportified, and I don't believe we. We, um, you know, uh, want to put too much importance on anything we do here at Force Center other than just we exist. We exist to celebrate the joy, to celebrate the hope. I, I was very much moved by, by that. Not unlike Rogue One moving so many people in 2016. Not not like, like other Star Wars movies at other points in time. That's why we come here. So, um, again, I'm not going to uh, – I'm very – being very cautious, I'm not saying this trailer will unite the world, but uh, man, it's okay to recognize that those big themes have a big purpose. Yeah, no, I really love what you're saying. I think that the the risk uh, is sometimes you, you can get uh, cynical or pessimistic and say, like, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi is uh, not going to, you know, cure all the problems or, you know, what if it's just a distraction from the problems? And like those things are all... All valid discussions, and, and I think for me, the message in Star Wars, the message that I see here that continues to affect me is, it's not a cure-all. Hope is not this just like, uh, yep, you shout the word and, and everything <laughs> turns into blue skies and doves. Everything's great. It's that idea of we all stumble so much in any little thing, any little moment that helps one another up and keep going. That's the power. It's a little thing. And, and, that, and that's what's powerful. It's not a fix-all. It's the thing that you need to keep going. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we got into some some big stuff um, in, in terms of overall emotional reaction, because it's true. A couple other things that I just want to shout out for myself. Like, uh, there's so much that I love in Star Wars, uh, but I think this is the center of the Venn diagram <laughs> yes. of things I love in Star Wars. It's not just the mm -hmm. character of Kenobi, but it is that, like, uh, look, there's uh, rough and tumble, uh, you know, rural Tatooine, but then there's cool new urban environment and there are a ton of lightsabers, red and blue. And there's just the the philosophy the, that's on the surface, right? You're not going to have to dig for it. We're going to talk about the text. Most of the text is just the philosophy. So it's just yeah. so very uh this the Star Wars that I love the most. I love many parts of Star Wars, but for me, the Star Wars I love most. Last thing I want to be sure to say in overall immediate emotional reaction 
is, you know, in the fandom when there has been over the years, lots of different, you know, the snark or anger or derision about the different parts of Star Wars that brought you in. The fact that this is like, <laughs> this whole trailer is like, hey, shake hands, original trilogy fans and uh, prequel trilogy era kids, not kids anymore. It's just so like, obviously timeline it is in the middle, but just in terms of like, what was your first love? Uh, you know, did you grow up with the original trilogy? Did you grow up with the prequel trilogy? It is such a marriage <laughs> yeah. of those things. And then it really does evoke the sequel trilogy. I, I tweeted something and, and one of our, our listeners immediately tweeted back like, and this is the moment from the sequel trilogy that it makes me think of. And she was dead right. Like, yes, that's Star mm. Wars poetry right there. There's that, that shot of Luke does evoke this other shot of Ray. So mm -hmm. the whole thing just really felt uh, like uh, um, a, a coming together of uh, different eras of loving Star Wars. Yeah, look, you, did Rebels pull you in? You got that for sure. Uh, you, you enjoy uh, playing and maybe falling off cliffs and falling order, but did you also <laughs> enjoy the deep uh, lesson and, and story of trauma and trauma recovery and falling order? You got that. You've got settings from that game. Uh, yeah, you're right. And it's a big old everyone gather around the campfire and let's have some marshmallows and enjoy Star Wars. Yeah. So we got into this, but I want to give you an opportunity to, if there's any, any other nuance or specificity you wanted to share about what you feel like is the overall message of the trailer. What mm -hmm. is, uh, what is this trailer telling us the show is going to be about on both a surface plot level and on a deeper thematic level? Yeah, there's there's the big picture. There's the Kenobi uh, picture for me here. And, and again, looking at a post-it note that I've jotted down, scribbled little notes here, which is, <laughs> which is part of the fun. I love just kind of teeing it high and letting it fly here. Uh, going to Kenobi, go to go to Rebels. Look what I've risen above, he tells Darth Maul. And that is easy to say, yeah, we know, we know. We could, we, we've saw Revenge of the Sith. We can guess some of the stuff that might have been in his mind. And this isn't, I don't think this show is going to be like, oh, we're going to directly give you a, a checklist of things he was kind of thinking about at that campfire with Maul. But it, that's a great starting point because I, I really do believe for Kenobi and then therefore for all of us, it's this idea of addressing failure. Uh, the first line, the fight is done. We lost, stay hidden. Uh, it, it is addressing trauma loss. The, the music of Duel of the Fates goes back to one of his first great losses in life, which is the death of his mentor, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, nearly the death of himself at the hands of Maul uh, and all that kind of stuff there, of course. And then uh, I, I put down three R's, recovery, recentering and reclaiming and returning to purpose, the truth within you. This idea we're going to dive into about the, the, the Jedi order, the, the Jedi code being an itch, uh, a trail of compassion. It's like a stain on the empire's galaxy. And what that means uh, about what is in your heart and all that flowing in. Sorry, Joseph, I'm taking all the themes. You're going to do <laughs> well without it. You're going to do well. Um, and all bo boils down to this flicker of hope. I think of Holdo. I think of Poe repeating the, the Holdo's message, which comes from Leia and everyone else. We are the spark. And, and I think uh, that candle of hope is is always in danger of being blown out like you were touching upon earlier there. And just that final shot, that's what we're building towards. All this to build towards the flicker of hope. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all very well said. I think from a kind of Obi-Wan uh, uh, canon <laughs> uh, perspective, that scene in Rebels where he has clearly come to a great peace 
is uh, so very important. He's clear on what his role is. He is clear on, hey, living in the desert and watching over people is not some sad fate. It is the his honor as a Jedi Knight, you know, mm-hmm. um, that he is at that place of peace. And I think this show is very much about how does he get to that place uh, of peace? How does he uh, come to peace with his role? How, I think it's a generational tale of I am okay with letting go of of what I needed or expected out of the fight or out of myself. And I accept that my role is fully that of mentor to pass on, uh, you know, the lessons to the next generation and that the, the hope doesn't die, but maybe you have to be uh, patient <laughs> uh, with that hope. And and find that patience. And I think it is going to dive into uh, his trauma. It's a thing that, you know, we haven't ever had the right story to explore that he lost Anakin. He's already lost Qui-Gon. He's lost Satine. Uh, He's lost uh, Ah Ahsoka in theory. Um, He's lost his entire way of life. He has to question his culpability in all of that. What level of responsibility does he have? Is he letting down his own code by just being there? And I love that that's, uh, really what uh, the, this trailer gets into uh, on both a plot level and a thematic level. I think on a plot level, it's telling us, you know, Obi-Wan uh, uh, lets go and helps somebody when he shouldn't, and it brings the Inquisitor's eye to Tatooine right where he can't have it, and he gets out of there and they're on his trail. I feel like on a mm-hmm. plot level, that's what it is. Um, but I feel like a lot of what it's saying is like uh, on the scoreboard, the dark side is winning right now, yeah. but will their philosophy ever win? And what's so there in that Grand Inquisitor speech, which we'll talk about more, is the dark side philosophy that uh, hope and working together and needing to save other people. That's uh, that's just uh, foolish you know, uh, it's a foolish way to live. And the people who live, live that way don't even actually mean it. Uh, they're just patting themselves on the back for doing that because the truth is everyone's really out for themselves. Uh, they're fools and hypocrites. Uh, and we're going to put an end to that, you know, foolish obsession with hope in helping people. Like it's such a perspective of nihilism and cynicism. So mm-hmm. they're winning on the scoreboard, the empire is in control of the galaxy. Jedi have to hide. It puts them at risk to help people, but it, it frames the debate is philosophical of, can they crush hope? And we know (laughs) from the story of star Wars and uh, from Obi-Wan Kenobi looking up in that last frame, they're not going to win the philosophical battle. This is going to be a horror show for Obi-Wan this show, but there is a happy ending because I think he reconnects to, the yeah. value of hope, the value of that philosophy, the value of being a Jedi and finding your place and passing on what you know to the next generation. I mean, you're inspiring me, and I, I haven't even seen a frame of the first episode yet here. Well, <laughs> outside of what we probably think we've just saw, yeah, no, I think you're right. This idea, I, I um, you know, it's easy to say, you know, we're going to keep keep hope alive, and and it's hard to actually do. But just the, I don't know, the the cynicism towards the towards compassion, uh, the the it's an easier path. Everyone likes to be a bad guy. If you, if you, uh, you know, get to play a character, you want to be the bad guy. You want to chew up the scenery and the empires. Uh, I think banking on that, <laughs> banking on that. It's harder to be compassionate. And, and these people don't worry, you'll find them. All you have to do is look for the light. These dummies can't help themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people yeah. can be selfish. So it is easy to slip into, to, 
total cynicism and nihilism and say everybody is out for themselves and anybody who isn't is either a fool or lying to themselves. But but you just, you know, you're opening up just like, hey, if you accept that philosophy, then anything I do is okay because we're all just out for ourselves, you know? Yeah. That's it's so at stake in, in what the Grand Inquisitor is saying. Yeah, and there's this, uh, what I think this great value in the story here of knowing the ending. This is one of those Star Wars tales in which we know the ending. So release yourself from that. I still have some conversations with, with folks. God bless them. We're like, ah, we already, you know, we already know what happens. We know what happens to Andor. This is a chance to analyze yourself. This is a chance to analyze your world in this journey. We're also going to get some wild, fun, crazy action, red lightsabers, spinning lightsabers, all these things we want, all the pew, pew, pew in the world. But by knowing the ending, it's, 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 uh, there's great value in analyzing how you get there. That's uh, something we've talked about before, but I, I think I'm even taking that away even more from the trailer. A uh, chance to look at myself and the world as we are following Kenobi. Yeah, this is an opportunity to not be overly teleological, which is a, a, a concept that all all meaning is contained in the end <laughs> of a story or the end of a thing. Um, it, we know we know the what in the grand scheme of things, not the little fun details, but in the big picture, we know the what, and the power is in the how. You know yep. what happens to Obi Wan for him to uh, push away the doubt, the fear, the guilt, uh, and reframe his own life as, as, as one of value of watching over Luke, of like truly embracing that, that uh, I've been a Jedi Knight this whole time. I just had a very different mission. Um, I think that's uh, really intriguing. And there's still so much uh, that we that we don't know in little details. I'm so intrigued by both the physical rematch of Obi-Wan and Vader, which is great, but also the emotional rematch, you know, in this trailer hints at it with Vader breathing, but we're not there yet. But that's so to me, a a centerpiece of this show is does Obi-Wan get close to turning Anakin and how, Mm -hmm. and if Anakin is even considers it for a second, why and -hmm. why doesn't it work? We know it doesn't, but why not? Those things are, are so compelling to me, and I can't wait to find out about those things. Uh, absolutely. What a ride. What a ride. The little details are going to come here, but uh, <laughs> this this uh, might have been the most viewed trailer for me in a long time. A yeah, long time. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not done. I got to uh, put it up on the big screen when we're done recording. Um, your, your quoting of his line about, look what I've risen above, has, has also made me think about, like, it's really fun to think of different Obi-Wan Kenobi lines uh, as a log line for this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's a great log line for this show. I think another great uh, log line uh, for this show is his line to uh, Han Solo in A New Hope. Uh, uh, we can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting, right? Yes. This is not a show about... And Obi-Wan gets his lightsaber back and defeats the whole empire. That's not the story. We know that. Uh, but it is, how do you, how do you win? How, how is it just a huge victory to keep hope alive? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what the show is going to be about. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk through, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, my final thought on that, to tag on that, sorry, is, you know, the, the fight is done. And then from there I go to Luke and the Last Jedi saying the fight has just begun, the war has just begun. Uh, and I love taking Kenobi from that point, that absolute, absolute pit of despair uh, that he has uh, found himself in. The man, uh, you know, the man who doesn't break, the man who is so steadfast, we've talked about so many times, is either has broken or is on the verge of breaking. And to go from that to the fight still going, oh, what a fun ride. Yeah, the Jedi who uh, doesn't break uh, seems uh, fairly bent, <laughs> which is understandable. So we're going to go through the trailer uh, in order. But before that, I just want to uh, see, do you have a, a few favorite 
moments that really spoke to you emotionally, that really got yeah, to you. Yeah, here's here's all the pages of moments here. I mentioned the Duel of Fates. I, that's absolutely uh, great. I mean, again, any any way you want to analyze it, just one of William's best tracks, one of the best Star Wars tracks, the, the feelings that it, it, it evokes, especially if it's, you're, you know. Yeah, it's just a great Star Wars banger, a jam. <laughs> Yeah, that slaps. Uh, I tells you, uh, you know, no, because you know, for, for you and I, you know, early twenties and having a different relationship, and and that's that track, that piece of music was one of the things that anchored me to Star Wars, even though I wanted to destroy it for myself. You know, I had a conversation with my pal Adam Witt. He's been on Force Center before uh, over at the Movie Guys. He's like, our generation, the first chance we got, we tried to destroy Star Wars in '99. And, 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 you know, it's, it's a bigger conversation to have obviously been and, and generalized, but like not for us necessarily, but for myself, I was, I was trying to dump cynicism over all of it, but man, that music, that music. So here over 20 years later to see it, uh, to hear it and, and to see it used and to have such an emotional reaction to it. And then you can throw in, uh, you know, Filoni's uh, Mandalorian speech about what the duel of fates meant for Qui-Gon Maul and Anakin and Obi-Wan in that fight. You can, all that going back to the place of loss but i i i tell you that was that was a, a big gasp moment for all that that my history with that song and that movie and this franchise yeah i think there, there's just such a power to that song in the story but also in the real world that yeah kids who grew up with the prequel like what are you talking about this is just <laughs> this is the sound of star wars right this is the song um, and I think, yeah, for those of us who are original trilogy fans and had our, our ups and downs, um, I had all my my criticisms and things I wasn't sure about, but I was still just kind of reveling, rolling around in Star Wars. And one of the things that I always loved was uh, Duel of the Fate. So it, it is one of those moments that means a lot to the story, which we'll talk about, but it also just means a lot in the real world. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so powerful. Um, what are some other moments for you? Um, I, I, I got to tell you, um, young, young Luke, uh, mm-hmm. no doubts. I, I didn't doubt at any point that, that Luke would be in this. It makes a lot of sense. We've seen him in the comics. We've seen him in uh, rebels from a distance. I kind of like just getting it out of the way. There's still questions about, you know, Luke has a sibling. I don't know if you've heard there's questions about that, all those kind of things. <laughs> I'm happy to see what uh, we learn either in the show or, or leading up to it in marketing, but I just kind of liked knowing. Yep. We're, we, we are just right where we want to be, where we feel we're going to be. And now I don't have to wonder. I can take it everything else. And, you know, not for nothing. It's Luke Skywalker pretending to be a hero. That's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, that uh, there's a lot about this trailer that got me that perhaps uh, uh, hit me emotionally the most because it's this mix of the old and new. I always talk about uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's a lot of the power of Star Wars, especially it comes out in, in 77 and it's rooted in all these ancient stories and philosophies and, and myths. Uh, but it's so shockingly new for cinema, the way it looks and sounds and moves and all that. Um, and there's so many different ways that you can analyze the old and the new in Star Wars. So I'm always affected by that. In some ways, this is kind of one of the oldest images imaginable in my headcanon, right? Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is literally watching over uh, Luke Skywalker. I have known this <laughs> uh, before I knew how to tie my shoelaces. I knew that Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> watches over Luke Skywalker. Before I was able to Velcro my sneakers, I knew, I knew this. <laughs> but to see it then finally is new, right? And yeah. to see it with the weight of the Ewan McGregor that we went through this adventure as a young Obi-Wan Kenobi now moving into that role and just the sheer volume uh, power of Luke Skywalker 
pretending to race around and it would have been powerful if this image came out and there'd never been prequels, right? But mm-hmm. you connect that to, you know, the little kid who won the Boonta Eve pod race, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, I made a Twitter joke, uh, but the way it really did affect me is I think this has always been Luke Skywalker's role, you know, playing with his T-16 Skyhopper mm-hmm. <laughs> model, not even the real ship, mm-hmm. just the model in A New Hope. Uh, yeah. Luke Skywalker has always been Star Wars kid inside Star Wars, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. The kid who's this like dreams of uh, fun and adventure and optimism and going fast and obviously he he learns a lot about there's there's more <laughs> uh than that that's his whole journey but there's something about that image that just could not possibly be more star wars uh, i think mm. you know it's a tragedy that that people you know mocked star wars kids so much because star wars kid yeah. is all of us right i mean 100%. if you love star wars you have picked up any long cylindrical object you find and you pretend it is a lightsaber and you get into it and you play and you have a sense of play and you have a sense of joy and you have a sense of what if and all of that is there in young luke skywalker no idea the galaxy is spinning around me and i'm just going vroom 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 <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, so great was the Star Wars kids? Uh, was it uh, Gislaine Raza? I, I probably don't know. Say that hundred percent right. Yeah, there before the Force go I right. Uh, he, yeah. he he was the first one of the first big victims of, of uh, online bullying and having his life uh, dominated by something that was not to be shared. But at the same time, I've done that. I've done. You know, look how many times have I on this show told you told you all the story of sitting on a palm tree in my backyard pretending to be a speeder bike. It's yeah, my uh, favorite it's, details. The, the neighbors looking out, going, "What the hell's he doing?" The hell's that kid doing on a palm tree? Why is he making those space sounds? Uh, so uh, it's no little thing to see uh, Luke Skywalker doing the same thing. And yeah, connecting to the energy of Rey on Jakku with the tearful on uh, Yellow Ace's helmet to connect to Luke himself. You're so right, sitting there as a teenager, still doing it. You know, I still I still grab a baseball bat and, and do the swings of my favorite baseball players. I'm 45. <laughs> I did that when I was seven. Uh, to see that Luke, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so great. Yeah, and uh, 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 Twitter um, uh, on Twitter, uh, one of our listeners, yeah, tweeted how much it uh, reminded her of Ray putting on the helmet on Jakku. Is so so right on, spot on, uh, great stuff. Um, I think uh, a couple other moments that really spoke to me. I think the fact that it that it ends with this very innocuous shot of Obi Wan. Uh, kind of looking down, looking consternated, but then just the eyes flicking up, just looking up. You know, it, it's straightforward, <laughs> not hard to analyze, but it, it literally is so much of that Star Wars story of uh, should I get involved? Can I do anything about it? You know, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to win. Should I even try? It's just all there in the like, well, the the hero's going to look up. The hero's going to do something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, love that. Uh, I, I would be remiss, Joseph, if I didn't say one of my favorite moments. Uh, you know, everyone knows, I love my Imperial officers. And oh, I, love, yeah. I love Game of Thrones too much. <laughs> Indira Varma as an Imperial officer confirmed, uh, much rumored and shots revealed. So again, don't like leaks, leaks and scoops. I'd love to have this been the first time I see it. but um, It was the first time I saw it because I yeah. don't think I looked at any of the leaks. Yeah, they found their, their way to me before. But uh, man, yeah, that's a big thumbs up from, from Kenny. I love that shot. Uh, Perhaps some of the best Imperial marching I have seen. Uh, she's, yeah, look, she's great. Uh, I, I, I don't want to be the person she's marching toward. <laughs> she's got that great Imperial energy. Absolutely great. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, Laria Sand, uh, don't get her angry. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, final one for me that I, I wanted to highlight is I so deeply loved the blue blade at the end. And I loved the way it was used. Everything about that trailer that is really like reminding you like this is going to be a rough time for Obi-Wan. He could give up. He probably wants to give up, but hope, right? The language of Star Wars trailers trains you to think the blade's activating, right? In the in the microseconds where we get that last shot of Obi-Wan before he looks up, I'm thinking the blade's going to activate. And, and I'm torn. Do I want it to? Because is that when or is that, you know? So I love that they found a way to fulfill <laughs> that rhythm, that almost final note you expect if you really follow these trailers or kind of have that Star Wars spirit in, in your heart of like, but the blade's going to ignite, right? Uh, I love that they found a clever way to incorporate it into the Disney Plus logo so you'd still get that satisfaction of the blade's coming, but it is not time for us to to show it in the teaser in Obi-Wan's hands. Uh, hope survives and blue ignites. <laughs> exactly. Ignite the blue. There we go. Updating the old Ignite the Green campaign. I'm sure we're going to see that blue ignited a lot, actually. Uh, so that's just our overview. Now we're going to walk through some of the details. <laughs> well, now that we all sat yeah. down comfortable, let's talk about the trailer. Obviously, we love talking about the big picture because we always want to make sure that we have a ton of fun uh, getting into the, the details and the, ooh, what's that shadow mean and all that kind of stuff. But we also wa always want to make sure that we're taking a step back and talking about the big picture and why this really matters to us and how it inspires us. But now let's get into the details, Ken. Mm -hmm. uh, we can use this to talk through some of the significant moments and reveals. Uh, this trailer is only one minute and 46 seconds, which is shorter than our conversation by so far <laughs> by quite a lot. Uh, minute 46 seconds, but it contains multitudes. Uh, first, we see, uh, you know, several shots of Obi-Wan going about life on Tatooine, Eope in the desert, walking his Eope into town, which sounds like an old, <laughs> uh, an old song from the 50s, walking his Eope into town. Uh, what feelings or thoughts does just that evoke? You know, these are very expected images, as you said, but yeah. did you find yourself surprised in any way by, by like, oh, wow, Obi-Wan on Eope, I'm already moved. Boom, ba -dang, da boom, ba -dang, ding. Yes, loved it. Uh, one of my favorite moments too was Kenobi at the mouth of that cave, combined with what we saw earlier in the morning from Entertainment Weekly with him in the cave. We'll talk about that in a bit. I uh, love it. I love it. The Phantom Menace connection. It made me immediately think of Padme and Qui Gon and Jar Jar, my my old gang. I miss uh, and, and him. Just uh, in 2022, we are going to see Kenobi. And an EOP. It seems so silly. EOPs pop up in animation and other places as well. Uh, I know this, but to, to see that, to see you and doing that, ah, man, there's something just wonderfully silly about that. I loved. Yeah, I think it is just the, the for me, the simple, like, yep, we've always expected these kind of images of just uh, Obi-Wan's uh, lonely life <laughs> going into town for basics. Um, but the fact that it's an EOP is the, the merging that has been going on particularly on Disney plus uh, uh, the shows of the, all the prequel in original trilogy and, and even sequel trilogy eras are just blending to be this one thing, which is wonderful. Uh, but also because of the way that we first saw Yopi's, it gets me into Obi-Wan Kenobi's head. Uh, he didn't get out in Phantom Menace and ride around on the Yopi. Hmm. He was just briefly stranded on this uh, planet that was not particularly important to him. His mind was 
get back into our mission, get back to Coruscant, get back to the Jedi Order, get back to where things are really happening. Uh, you, oh, you you brought in a couple of Yobis, but now you're leaving because you're getting some kid? Okay, Master Qui-Gon, great. Like, the growth and change from where Obi-Wan is when we first see him anywhere near Neopi to now, that's his whole life. Like, that mm-hmm. does have some emotional impact of, Mm-hmm. You know, he does not know in the Phantom Menace. Like, you just met the rest of your life between Anakin, Sand, and Eopies. You <laughs> just met your destiny, you know? That's so, God, you're bringing up I, it's about two years, three years before I moved to LA and got stuck in the day job that kept me there for 17 years. I toured the rebuilding mall, not knowing I would spend 17 years there. <laughs> you're telling me I'm like Kenobi and an Eopie. Hope survives, Kenobi. You'll get out of there. Exactly. So uh, I know I'm bringing a little bit of my own just sort of emotions to it, but I do think that is a part of the story that Kenobi has grown and changed a lot. And that might be part of what he's wrestling with. He likes being in the middle of things, right? I think he likes living on Coruscant and going uh, to diners and bars and debating philosophy. And I don't think he craves action, but I think he's a very curious person and wants engagement, right? So to be just stuck not only with all the failings and all the loss, but to just plain old be stuck in this place that's just sand and eopies as far as the eye can see. I would yeah, love for the show to analyze a little bit of that. I, I consider Kenobi a little bit of a social butterfly, man. He loves yeah. telling a good joke at a party. And, and uh, you know, to even get close to Satine means he, he appreciates connection uh, and, and does want those things. And I think other Jedi do as well, of course. But I, I took a lot of that, 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 Kenobi, the mouth of the cave shot from behind. And, 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 you know, the dialogue is, you know, fight is done. We lost a hidden, but I really, I really took it as, wow, this is it. Huh? Wow. Okay. And, and I'd love to see that kind of be dealt with on, on, uh, for Kenobi in his, in his mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Of just like the restlessness as well as the, the trauma and the depression, which uh, let's get into that. So over this montage, we get these uh, lines from Kenobi that you're talking about. The fight is done. We lost, stay hidden. So how do these words hit you uh, emotionally? Do you think they're trailer magic or actual dialogue? Where do you go? There, um, I, I, think a, I think a little bit of a trailer magic in terms of probably sliced up, right? But I, I, I got to be, my little dream prediction here, predict, speculation, whatever you want to call it, is that this is a conversation with Force Ghost Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Qui-Gon's like, hey, uh, you, you look like to be in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah, man. The fight is done. We lost. Yoda said, stay hidden. I, look, look at me, man. <laughs> look at me. Uh, nothing's gone right. Nothing's gone right. And and there's truth. There's facts in what he's saying, right? The fight is done in overall, an overall kind of point of view. You're right. Kenobi's going to eventually be like, hey, there's alternatives to fighting. That's something he kind of knows anyway. So can he connect to that? But we lost. That's a fact. Stay hidden. Mm-hmm. That's his mission. How can I deal with that? How can I accept all that? And how can I accept that I'm the reason for a lot of it, perhaps, in my brain, in my soul, and maybe in reality? I think it's a great starting point. It is, it is, it is, uh, you know, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes, uh, you know, you, you do take a loss. How do you get up? You hear that all the time. That's It's easy to put on a bumper sticker. It's easy for Coach Ken to tell you that in a baseball game. <laughs> oh, so much harder to do. So that's a wonderful starting point, and that's that's kind of where it hit me. Yeah, I love how much just clarity there is on Kenobi is starting low so he can go high, (laughs) so he can make peace with this. The fight is done. We lost uh, just the weight of, obviously, uh, you know, Yoda has that moment too of failed I have, you know. Um, But to really hear kind of, Kenobi is patient and uh, 
he has a lot more patience than Anakin and he waits and listens. Sometimes Anakin doesn't, but a lot of times he's just charging ahead, right? Um, So to hear that just full acceptance of the fight is done, we lost, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is, I think the contrast between that and um, where he's probably going to come to is, you know, patience, wait, the fight is not done. You know, we're in a valley, but there will be another peak, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to hear it framed differently than, you know, I think I think a lot of our imagination of Kenobi in this time, you know, if, if he had come to peace with this more quickly, uh, would have been like, you know, we lost, but, you know, hope remains. Like, it feels like that's not what he's saying right now. Like, the fight is done. We lost. I'm yeah. trying to stay hopeful, but yeah. not it's not not going great right now. Um, to stay hidden sounds a little uh, I love it, but it that sounds like it definitely could just be a dialogue drop pulled from from some other moment yeah. where he's literally saying that to someone. <laughs> yeah. 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 So right. over uh, those words, we get several images. Uh, we get uh, what I think is Obi-Wan working on something at a bench, a uh, more lonely Yopi riding. And uh, perhaps most powerfully, we do see Obi-Wan perched on a cliff uh, with macro binoculars watching Owen and Bramu move up and around the homestead and young Luke Skywalker pretending to be a racer and a pilot. Um, I talked a lot about what this uh, image means to me. Do you have any other thoughts about about this image, about uh, what it means to us, about how long you've been waiting to see it, anything like that? Definitely a long time waiting to see it. I, I'm really overjoyed that you have uh, Rue and Owen back and, uh, you know, Joel Edgerton, so ready to come back in the role. Bonnie, Bonnie P.S., who, you know, a lot of people know now, went through went through something after after bringing these movies you can watch that hbo dog if you want uh to, to, to have her back i just on a human level i love i love that i love i love that idea and, and i've always loved uh hearing uh, joel edgerton um on an unabashedly just loving his his part in the star wars saga uh you know bad reviews and press would be damned about those movies he didn't care i had so much fun i'd love to do this again and campaigning for it so it actually just you know again uh knew it was coming but to see it meant a lot to me we talk a lot about the loop stuff and what it means to the heart of star wars but simply to the series of reminding us that's kind of the goal there protect that little one mm-hmm. that's kind of the purpose kind of kind of the big thing going towards a new hope and uh yep i have some thoughts on uh, leia being part of that hope i think yoda does too i think we all do but this is from kenobi's point of view this is kenobi's mission and just a simple stark reminder of this is what it's about and this is why the spark must survive yeah. And I think that it's, I talked a lot about the power of kind of me <laughs> seeing Luke and what Luke I think means to, uh, to, to the story of Star Wars being the Star Wars kid inside Star Wars. But it was also just really fun to see in, in Obi-Wan, from Obi-Wan's perspective that on one hand, it looks momentous, right? Like that's the mission. I'm so close. He's, he, I can get to him so fast if he needs help. I'm right here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And then also it feels like it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretending to be a racer again. What am I doing? Right? There, there's that tension there between this is momentous. My goal is my last goal is a Jedi, and I'm just I'm just watching this kid forever. And then on top of it, you have that tension of like, how, how is he feeling that that this kid looks so like the Anakin that he knew, that the mm. Anakin he met, right? Mm. Mm. is a kid at almost the same age with the dreams to be just like his dad and yeah. is how much did that uh, you know twist uh obi-wan into knots of like good 
and uh oh, <laughs> yeah, and and worry him on some levels. Uh, by the way, also mm-hmm. creates an un- unintentional comedy moment of of if Kenobi's like, is today the day? Is today the day that this last hope is revealed? And then just Luke playing and falls off, and is like, not today, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. A record scratch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, great stuff uh, uh, from Kenobi's perspective. And for us as fans getting to watch Luke Skywalker play Racer, uh, then there is a a kind of needle drop. Uh, the screen goes to black. Duel of the Fates kicks in as the Lucasfilm logo wafts away as sand. You've talked a little bit uh, about the power of Duel of the Fates here, uh, the power in the real world. What do you feel like is is the power of it in this trailer, in the context of this story? Why does it punch? I think you're, you you look you you you're a couple beats after this uh, or a beat after this Luke image again reminding you what it's about. Um, I, I'm not they're not going to quote Filoni in this, but I, I think Dave was very right in that speech of what that fight was about. And I think now we're in an era where themes uh, themes are just so important to Star Wars and, and, and so important to to understanding what's going on. And I think this this literal music theme is is reminding us uh, that this constant duel of fates and it's big and it's epic and it's uh, you know. Kenobi's not hearing the music in his head as this is playing, but it just reminds me of the stakes just in terms of the story. Yeah, I think for me, it's that. It is that it's this era certainly it is a stitching together of the 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 timeline in the real world, but in in the story, if you accept that what that song is is moments suddenly happen when you don't expect them to that are momentous, right? And you might you might have a hint that it's kind of momentous, but you don't know the full stakes. And that that's what that music and that title evoke for me of like that feeling like something's coming, something's coming. Uh, you didn't expect it to happen now and in this way, but suddenly you're in the middle of this huge moment of fate. And, you know, we talk so much about Destiny leading you to a moment of choice. It feels like, well, uh, you didn't have time. It was almost like this Kenobi trailer coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah. we didn't have warning. We didn't know, you know, today would be Kenobi day. Uh, but also in the same way that, like, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are just on a, a mission that they both think is, well, Qui-Gon certainly thinks is going to be no big deal. You know, the, the yeah. Trade Federation is going to stand down. Obi-Wan senses something uh, elsewhere, elusive. Uh, but even as they go on, like, what is this about? Could that be a Sith? And, and even even without all the great analysis of this is the battle for who is going to get to raise Anakin mm-hmm. uh, that, that Floney illustrated so well in that speech, it is Obi-Wan who's on the precipice of becoming a Jedi Knight, suddenly facing a Sith for the first time in a long time. And he didn't expect that when he got up and got on this mission, right? That this yeah. He suddenly found himself in this moment of fate. And I feel like the music is evoking that of you're watching Luke Skywalker there pretend to be a racer. This could be a Tuesday or this could be the deciding moment of the galaxy any second. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know every day he gets up. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of just uh, its use in the trailer, I talked about my reaction to it and what it means to my own life. And we're talking about the story here. I think just the actual use of it for certainly not intentional, but if anyone's like, hey, it's an old man in the desert. Uh, why we what's the value of, of revisiting it and, and at the end we got six episodes six episodes to see the value or, to, or determine if there was value in the story but i think for in this trailer it's a reminder of it's not small ball we're playing here this is big epic music from one of the biggest most epic star wars fights you all know and that's what's at stake here so i think just from a technical standpoint that works 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it is good clarity about what this show is, right? Because some Disney Plus shows are going to be like, let's go over here and explore this uh, tip of the iceberg that we haven't talked about as much. Uh, and this is a chapter of the Skywalker saga, uh, I think. Yeah, 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 indeed. Uh, so then we get into Inquisitor time. Uh, we see an Inquisitor ship approach a dark base on a watery planet, which lines up with the Fortress Inquisitorius on the water moon Nur. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was not pre- I was not prepared to say it out loud. I took myself by surprise. You know what, Ken? I think I saw Nur. Um uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius on the Water Moon Nur is mentioned in comics and featured prominently in the video game Jedi Fallen Order. I've been there, Ken. You've <laughs> been there. Many people listening have had horrible times in that fortress. Uh how do you feel about this? Is this yet another triumph for uh, the connective world building across the mediums? It is. It also allows me to be that uh, annoying dad. It's like, you know, I, I went there once on a tour. Uh, you know, $15 <laughs> gift shop. Great. Saw the Inquisitorius. Uh, yeah, I can yell at the screen and give Kenobi some tips about like, hey, there are these uh, these tunnels you can go through. Yeah, look, it's great. It's wonderful. It connects. It builds on Star Wars's lore. And I know that's important to a lot of people. It's important to me. I think lore without themes, lore without heart is is uh, is an empty uh, thing there. But uh, this is uh, this is great. It's fun. It, no, no different than BD or a BD one or a BD droid showing up in, in Book of Boba Fett, depending on uh, what you want to look at there. Uh, I love it. And, and I don't I don't know. I now now in 2022 don't feel i need to be quote rewarded by all the books and comics i've read i understood that point of view i understand it and i think i've expressed that in the early days of force center even um i think they do connect that's kind of where the emotional canon thing we talk about came from just that the last jedi it's less about these beats it's more about what the story's telling you right but to, to see it and to see in this time period when things make sense to be there including luke showing up in mando when we talked about it, it makes mm-hmm. sense for him to be there it's not just thrown in. It's not just lore for lore's sake. It has great value. And so I just also, the aesthetic is so cool. Mm-hmm. I talked earlier, people like being the villains, uh, you know, in terms of performing and everything, but because, you know, there's a danger. I think, I think every villain should be kind of cool. Should, you should almost understand their point of view because that's the temptation. That's the danger. Uh, that's the value of a good villain. So it all kind of, man, it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, aesthetically, it just looks great. It looked great in the video game. I think it's got, you know, aesthetic ties to Vader's castle. It's got aesthetic ties to uh, the Sith temple on Exegol, right? Um, but yeah, it, it just the the water moon, this idea of like, uh, it's that great um, Star Wars pulling from the real world. It's like, you know, a uh, uh, spooky space Alcatraz. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going to go? So a ton of stuff. Um that's just great about it uh, aesthetically. And yeah, I just, I drew, I just like this collective storytelling. I get what you're saying about like, it isn't about reward rewarding. Mm-hmm. Like I've spent this many uh, book <laughs> yeah. uh, video game comic book points and I, I want to cash them in to see them live action. Uh, I just like that. It's kind of storytelling of all of these different people uh, playing in the sandbox and going like, okay, well we need this place. And people going like, okay, yeah, we got it. It's been mm-hmm. established. It doesn't matter where it's been established here it is right yeah um i think i also want to ask you just about the inquisitors right because a lot of us suspected this there was the in image in the sizzle reel so this isn't news that the inquisitors are a big part of kenobi but it is 
massive confirmation, including a new character that we'll talk about, including confirmation of Grand Inquisitor. Uh, the Inquisitors were introduced in Rebels, as uh, you know, a lot of us kind of grew up with. That Vader personally hunted down the yeah. Jedi, like no, he's got a he's got a whole team uh, doing doing the legwork and taking out Jedi uh, themselves, helping Vader uh, hunt down the Jedi. Now that the Inquisitors are hitting what some people consider the big time of live action. How are you feeling about the Inquisitors? So I love it, but I think it's a testament. It's a long-term testament to lore is important, but so is creating new lore. And yes, mm-hmm. I'm someone who go back go back to the early days of, of Rebels, particularly me talking about it on Jedi Alliance with Mon Garrett of, I mean, all right, Inquisitors, I don't know about it. Kind of weird. Vader did that. That's Vader's job. That just <laughs> seems like they got budget Vader because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, uh, bring Vader into the show for whatever reason, you know, and that's kind of my starting point with him. And uh, Jason Isaacs as the Grand Inquisitor on the show uh, kind of slowly won me over the concept, the concept of his backstory. And then as others came in, uh, you know, I, the, 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 the rotating blade, I wouldn't put it in my top 20 things I love in Star Wars uh, other than the red blade. But you know what? I saw it and I laughed. I said, so, it's so it has to be there. And I'm glad it's there. Um, Seventh sister, ninth brother, all the characters. I, I've really grown to un- appreciate and understand, especially going back to this idea that we we brought up a little bit recently here from the Star Wars Archives book, where where Lucas really saying, I know I'm repeating it for Force Center v- viewers and listeners here, uh, really this idea of Palpatine's bought damaged goods, man, and Kenobi did that. Vader showed up with a factory defect and <laughs> couldn't return it. He had to make it make do with what he got. And so that definitely didn't end Palpatine's search for a great power at his side or great power underneath him to, to build up his power. And, and the, the danger of Jedi surviving is too real. And, and one guy learning to walk on his new legs is, is, is why he struggles to, to master the dark side of force with most of his uh, body gone. Uh, yeah, I, I need help. I need help. And 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 it just kind of grew I, something I really grew to like. So and my my inquisitor uh, path there. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see that. Really excited for the new one. Uh, uh, Riva and then. Um, just seeing seeing the Grand Inquisitor. I, Rupert, I I'm excited to see Rupert Fiend. Uh, Fiend is it Fiend Fiend Rupert Fiend Rupert Fiend. Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get into old Rupert. Rupert Friend. There it is. I said Fiend. He is fiendish. That's why Rupert Friend. Uh, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I so love Jason Isaac's voice in that role. So I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm here to see what they got for. Him. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, I, I really like what you're saying. Uh, philosophically, about uh, Vader is constantly being tested, constantly being doubted by Palpatine. I love that moment in Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine kind of leans out and and touches him on the banks of, of Mustafar. Uh, and I'm always uh, intrigued of like, is that a moment of compassion? But I think it's more like uh, it's like uh, Vader's eclectic bull, and he's assessing like, is he still near mint? I don't think he's near mint anymore. <laughs> I think he's very damaged very damaged um but yeah i think i went on a a road with the inquisitors that i think they were one of the first things that helped me open up and say uh to me it isn't retcon to me it's their characters say things Mm -hmm. uh we as fans it's one of the great things that we get to do is to fill in ideas based on them you know vader helped the empire hunt down and destroy the jedi knight so hey even there he said helped yeah (laughs) you know Uh, but we fill that in. And then uh, I don't want to be uh, just tied to assumptions that I made and held for a long time. I want there yeah. to be room 
for new storytelling, room uh, for revelations. And at first, the Inquisitors were like, no, I've been waiting forever to see Vader personally. (laughs) I want Vader to take down every Jedi. And now that we've had the Inquisitors for a while, we've had them in comics and video games. We've seen Vader um, send them after... Yeah, you got to You got a whiff. Great. Go hunt it down. When I know someone's there, I'll take care of them, you know, myself yeah. if I need to. Uh, so Vader's still very much involved. Obviously, he's going to get involved in this. And I, I really was warned over, uh, won over by the Grand Inquisitor's story of uh, perhaps once being a Jedi Temple guard mm-hmm. or appearing to be a Jedi Temple guard. Uh, and, and the depth that the Jedi Fallen Order got into about breaking jedi it's it's so it's such a perfect palpatine thing of like which jedis have cracks in their souls that i can maybe push open and force them to become a mockery of who they were and force them to recant everything about jedi philosophy like what better person to to hunt jedi is people who can kind of hate themselves for having once believed this you know bs from from the sith perspective uh so that that emotional thing has really won me over to the inquisitors and now they served it in rebels and they're going to serve it here again. What joy to have menacing, broken, formidable red lightsaber wielding uh, baddies. Yeah. Who aren't Vader (laughs) to come after our heroes. Right. Uh, I, I really think that they, they serve a great uh, plot function as well as being really emotionally interesting. Yeah. And, 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 I guess this might be a general statement. We don't know each and every one of their stories, but I think every Inquisitor re- represents a story of, of fear destroying hope and mm-hmm. uh, it has a tale of pain and trauma with it, right? Every one of them seems to have come from that point. Uh, I love, uh, we're talking about more about Reva. I love how she's described by the, by the director and writer there, but uh, you know what I mean? So there's always this wonderful potential to explore how they got there and how it relates to the story. I'm not looking for some this series to end with an Inquisitor redeeming themselves or something like that. I don't even know if I, I don't think I need that. But that's what they also represent. We always say, uh, you know, why before uh, what here in Star Wars? Um, I think that's an interesting why. Why why, why their presence uh, is, is important to, to the story of, of Jedi and people falling. Absolutely. Uh, I will have some more thoughts on uh, on the possibility of uh, of uh, an Inquisitor being turned in just a moment. But I want to talk about the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, I, we assume this dialogue is from him. Uh, next up in the trailer, he says the key to hunting Jedi is patience. And we uh, see that flash of Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor. This was a fun journey for me, Ken, because in that EW article that came out earlier this morning, the Grand Inquisitor is mentioned. And I was looking forward to a long conversation of, is the Grand Inquisitor in the show? And now we have our answer. I even went to the cast list, uh, Ken, and said, if he's in the show, who could be playing him? Rupert Friend. And I see now that this has been, people have been discussing this, but I don't get into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun confirmation. Are you happy uh, uh, with physically, literally, the way the Grand Inquisitor appears in the show about Rupert Friend? Uh, anything on the on that? Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. And, and again, it was one of those bits of information that had found its way to me. And this is again, I, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect anyone who's who lives on those uh, scoops and leaks. But man, it just, you know, sometimes you just want to experience things for the first time as they're as they're supposed to be experienced. Uh, official marketing. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I, I like the way the look. You talk about disguise yourself. Uh, I do like the look. We're supposed to, you know, Tian Madone and Revenge of the Sith 
is kind of, you know, we got the basis of this. I don't know if it, it, it captures that same vibe yet, uh, but I, I got one frame to work with here, you know, uh, but everything <laughs> yep. about it I like and that lightsaber coming out, it, it's effective. It's very effective. Yeah, the the spinning blade. I I don't know a ton of Rupert Friend's work. I know him from uh, Homeland, and he was incredibly effective uh, in that. Uh, uh, a in in that he played uh, an agent who uh, was had some ups and downs, but was always like an intimidating presence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was really happy uh, to see that happy with the appearance in the show. I don't think the characters that start in animation should be one for one for their animation. I kind of agree with the philosophy mm-hmm. Felonia has talked about of, yeah, I mean that that's not the way, um, you know, uh, Count Dooku's face looks like. Right. Yeah, the reality. Dooku, yeah. The Dooku <laughs> one pops up in a meme a lot. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And it's a good point. So I don't mind it being like, shouldn't his head be taller? Like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Because uh, (laughs) most of Chris Riley's face was not just his nose. So I think that's uh, (laughs) uh, just fine for me. Just fine uh, for me. Uh, We're going to talk more about the dialogue, but the beginning of this dialogue, the key to hunting Jedi is patience. Really establishing, that's what we're talking about, is uh, Obi-Wan is being hunted along with the other remaining Jedi. But I really felt like it was a great gut punch uh, to turn a, a, a word that in the realm of Star Wars is associated with Obi-Wan Kenobi, with one of Obi-Wan Kenobi's strengths, mm-hmm. patience, to have it turned against him really evokes that these uh, these Inquisitors understand Jedi and that makes them more dangerous to Jedi. And it's just got the great like, oh, I'm sorry, did I steal your line in your trailer? <laughs> great villainy moment already it, it does and there's this kind of little idea i have with it where it's like you know patience and and all those it's one of those those jedi weapons right it's one of those things the the light side uses the uh, patience not not rushing in not not anger fear aggression right uh not the quicker path and to have anyone on the on the dark side be like no 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 let me tell you let me tell you the secret patience it's like oh man they start learning those tricks we got trouble we got a lot a lot of trouble so i, I looked at it from that angle too you know yeah, right. Yeah, just wait them out. Wait yeah. them out. And obviously we'll uh, we'll get more of that as we go forward. So there is more dialogue, but mm. we want to be sure to talk about all these great flashes of imagery as well. Uh, Grand Inquisitor continues saying awful thing about the Jedi, in my opinion. And we see Obi-Wan on a transport blending in with tired Tatooine citizens. We always love a group of tired citizens, don't we, Ken? Yeah, we do. I don't know why, but yes, you know, beleaguered states in Star Wars who pull us in. It just feels realistic and relatable. Mm-hmm. It yeah. looks like Obi-Wan's on a public bus <laughs> with a lot of tired people doing their best. And yeah. I, I have physically been in that place a lot in my life. So okay. anyway, we see Obi-Wan on, on the Metro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Tatooine Metro. And then we see a flash of uh, the new inquisitor played by Moses Ingram named Reva at a meeting. Then we see dangling feet on Tatooine implying a hanging. We see Reva on Tatooine as Owen watches cautiously so much there uh the dialogue that is said over all these images uh, from the grand inquisitor is jedi cannot help what they are their compassion leaves a trail uh so that's kind of dialogue wise exactly what we're talking about is this continuing idea of they can't help themselves they will expose themselves their beliefs Mm -hmm. uh this helping people bs is their greatest weakness, and you just have to wait <laughs> yeah. for them to help a person. It's very powerful. A- any other thoughts on that? 
No, absolutely. The, the, the point of a big point of that patient's speech, right? Without a doubt. Uh, it's just wait them out. Don't worry. They'll do something goody two shoes eventually. They can't help themselves. So dark. And so, and, and then gives these characters like, like Reva and Grand Inquisitor and, and Fifth Brother the license to go out and just be as evil as they need to use power uh, to uh, get what they want because that will lead to what they really need, which is to, to find these Jedi. And, and so it's a, it's a powerful statement uh, on the heart of a Jedi, but also what evil is willing to do to uh, expose that heart. Yep. Yep. And it just, it ties to a lot of other great moments. Uh, this, this is Vader uh, torturing Han on Bespin, right? Cause he mm-hmm. knows it will make his kid come running. Yep. Yep. Um, how do we feel about seeing, we got a photo of it uh, as well. Uh, in EW, how do we feel about Uncle Owen Lars facing down an Inquisitor? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, he lives, right? Unless he's got a clone. Uh, what's the power of seeing just schleppy old? I'm a moisture farmer, and that's good enough. Don't ever leave, Luke. Uh, facing down an Inquisitor. Yeah, look. Phil Brown as Uncle Owen in New Hope does does what the story needs him to do. He is that parental figure, the one that's going to don't run off and get involved. All those things we know he represents and does such a good job. I just have always, you know me, Joseph, I've just always kind of wanted to have a little justice for Owen. Not yep. all the way. He, you know, I, I don't agree with everything he said here. You know, I get it. I get it. But I, I just think... It's some of the even the, the the from a certain point of view stories and even the comics where it's like Owen's like get away you space wizard I know how to protect him I know why I need to protect him and I'm going to do it the way I want and and you know uh, I, I think from that starting point to just kind of see that even just here in the trailer and then the EW pictures to see like Owen might know he has limitations but he, he you know he's going to stand strong and he's going to do it for his purpose which his purpose is also protecting Luke so uh, I really liked it I really liked it. Yeah, I really love the idea that this is going to be justice for Owen, that this is going to tie together a lot of threads, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, he had this, you know, happy life with his uh, father and his great stepmother, Shmi, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the Anakin comes sweeping in and there's all this chaos and all this violence and all this death. And uh, then this kid comes like, keep him away from that. Keep him away from all that. And he's like, great, I will. Uh, and then to know that Owen himself faces down the horrible realities that are out there, the horrible realities that, you know, the contrast between the way the Inquisitors look in those red blades with yeah. that kid who's just sitting around going vroom, 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 all that innocence. And yeah. to have Owen say, like, I am looking in the face of what I am trying to keep that kid safe from. He can't ever go out there in the galaxy because the whole rest of the galaxy is like this and it's looking for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can't, you can't tell Luke that, right? You can't ever at one point, at least you feel you can't. Even when he's 16, 17, look, you go out there, you're dead. You're yeah. dead. And people with red blades come looking for you. Not, you know, not even getting to your, by the way, who your father is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it all kind of tracks and lines up. Good emotional cannon, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, such a great story because, yeah, oh, Baru is right. Uh, there's too much of his father in him, not necessarily even for evil, but for compassion. Yes. <laughs> a desire to engage, a desire to be part of the galaxy. It's clear from that little vroom, vroom, vroom Star Wars kid moment, <laughs> Luke Skywalker's not going to be kept down on the farm of forever, right? Uh, but so I think Owen is wrong in A New Hope because yeah. he has to let Luke that make that choice. There's no way to be a part of the galaxy. There's no way to be a part of life without some amount of danger. But I think this is going to offer this other, you know, 
from a certain point of view of like, yeah, but I saw the things, the nightmares that are hunting you. I, they've been up in my face. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Makes look, you understand his perspective and have some empathy for him. A- a- empathy for it. I think he has a dangerous kind of a, a attachment in, in New Hope, but not without reason. And that's, that's sometimes how life is, you know, we, we love Star Wars. Sometimes it's very simple, light, dark, other, other, it's not these gray areas. It's just like to, to get to those choices, uh, there's a lot going into and a lot you have to factor in. And and uh, I love that for them in New Hope. I love what it means, but I, I love seeing it now. Joel Edgerton, man, just standing strong. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's absolutely great. Uh, and this is our chance to dive in on Reva. Ken, I'm, I'm going to throw something out here. And I'm going to say right away that uh, this is a hope, <laughs> a theory that I could be absolutely 100% wrong about. But I'm very intrigued by this character, the addition of a new Inquisitor. Um, because I feel like there is great hope for her to turn back to the light. Um, the reason that I think that is, you know, we've got a brand new character so that this character can just totally be their own, right? Unless there's something else, uh, I'm, I'm unaware of any, any backstory for her. A lot of the inquisitors that we are faced with are sort of coded as, um, almost physically, uh, uh, consumed by anger, right? Yeah. Um, we see, you know, the redness or, you know, wounds or that kind of thing. The fact that she, this new character of Riva is very imposing in the dark armor and with the red blade out, uh, mm-hmm. but just the face of a care of a human where you yeah. can do a lot, make a lot of acting choices, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that it's not, um, not that the story couldn't be told with a, you know, a big alien that's coded as scary, right? Star Wars <laughs> does that all the time, particularly in comics and video games. But I just think for a live action show, a, an inquisitor with an open fate and open face and the possibility for hope and Kenobi to have a victory, he might get close to turning Vader, but he's not going to turn Vader, right? Uh, He's not going to save the galaxy. He's not going to destroy the emperor. The idea that maybe getting through and helping this person is one of the things that makes Obi-Wan feel like every little battle that's won is worthwhile. It, it You don't have to do everything at once. Uh, I like this idea. I like, I like what it could mean uh, thematically and also just practically like if, 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 if uh, this, this character now uh, third sister Reva is there, if there's a confrontation with Kenobi, how does that go? It is, you know, if the series ends with, with this uh, third sister going on and, and, uh, living again makes a lot of sense i'd be fine with that but but this this is kind of the one shot we're getting with this kenobi tale right no kenobi season two coming our way at least, at least I don't now think so. until they're like wow this this was fun i want to do this again uh which is always possible i'm sure but yeah so all that to say it could, it could back up the idea of what is the resolution of that character within this series uh is it destruction is it destruction at the hands of kenobi it doesn't seem like something um uh, Kenobi do, but he he's going to do what he needs to do to protect Luke. We this we know, seeing them all and everything later on. So, anyways, uh, I I can see that I can entertain this idea. I think he'll absolutely uh, defeat uh, some Inquisitors, and Obi Wan certainly cuts people down when he feels uh, he must. But yeah. we've got the Grand Inquisitor who can't uh, pass. Right, because he shows up later in Rebels. And then I think we do have some of the other Inquisitors that we've seen shots of are coded a little bit more, to me, is uh, dangerous uh, killers for Kenobi to possibly beat. Uh, It isn't, again, it isn't like Reva doesn't look terrifying or or Revo (laughs) already with a great Star Wars debate um, of pronunciation. Uh, But the fact that 
she seems to be being introduced to us in the trailer and EW as a character with her own perspective and her own arc rather than just a baddie for Kenobi to go up against. Yeah, and and, a, and by the way, cool baddie D, one of my favorite shots is her rolling into that shot with a lightsaber coming out and just kind of looking at who she's stopping there. That's yeah. that's great stuff. That's Not great saying stuff. that she is not, she does yeah. absolutely, absolutely appears formidable and scary, but also it feels like we are being introduced to mm-hmm. a character, not an obstacle. Uh, that's that's the way to say it. no that's great no i back yeah backing up your idea there on on just like uh, none of these inquisitors are to be taken lightly and uh but i like that i like and like being able to see uh see what's going on there uh a character not an obstacle put that on a bumper sticker well <laughs> oh thank you so then we see uh, this new character of uh reva reva leaning by a neon sign on a new planet confirmed by that entertainment weekly article to be dayu uh d-a-i-y-u uh, we see an Inquisitor ship landing on Tatooine. Indira Varma marching is an Imperial officer. Another Inquisitor stalking Obi-Wan on what appears to be that new planet, Dayu. A flash of a droid, a figure leaping over rooftops. Uh, over all this, the Inquisitor is saying the Jedi Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Then we see the Inquisitor in the flesh spinning his red blade and asking someone, where is he? There's so much there to dive into. Uh, this is a choose-your-own-adventure question, Ken. Where do you go in all those images and all those ideas? I Man, you know, it's like you try not to, you don't want to do the uh, connecting the the little plot threads, right? Because this is this is why sometimes I'm like, I hey, just give me a logo and I'll watch the show when it comes out. Because then, uh, number one, it creates weird uh, expectations within myself of what I think is going on and and all that stuff. But man, it's hard not to get lost in this, Joseph, this idea of Kenobi going off world. I like going off world as a, as a decoy kind of thing. I need to not asking for help, but getting away to, to help keep Luke, Luke safe. Mm-hmm. Seeing, seeing what they do with that, but that kind of tracks making sense. And then as this speech is going, is it a one-to-one kind of comparison of like, here he is out here trying to get away and he sees bad things happen and he must confront it. He has to confront it. He has to, not just because he's Kenobi, because he's a Jedi at his heart. Uh, so I kind of see that all building and all uh, to, to this reveal. And even you got the Inquisitor going, where is he? I mean, in my mind, I take it. It could just be looking for a source, could be looking for a contact. Yes, I know that. I just love the idea of like, oh, oh, look who popped up. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Where is he? Oh, I love I love this potential. Yeah, I, I love the, the, I honestly love the the plot speculation <laughs> that it's making me yeah. do. And yeah. I would be happy to be wrong. And it feels to me like the picture that's emerging is Kenobi slips uh, and helps someone. And it, it's in the wrong person, the wrong informant sees it. And the Inquisitors are running down Tatooine because they got a report, you know. And, you know, Ewan, uh, Ewan, uh, uh, Owen, <laughs> Owen gets to see it up close, right? We haven't seen if Obi-Wan is in that scene on Tatooine yet. Uh, right. We see somebody running from uh, Reva and the blade flashing and all that. Is it where Obi-Wan's like, uh, my watching over the kid is putting him in more danger. The one purpose I had is now mm-hmm. rotten and I got to go. Yeah. They're on my trail, so I'm going to take them away from him. That's what it feels like to me. I feel like we're we're seeing images from the first couple of episodes, maybe the first half out of six. Uh, you know, at best, and run into this new planet to lose him there is, is what it feels like to me. Yeah, I asked Robert Rodriguez how, how much minutes from he didn't, <laughs> he didn't know he didn't know this time. Yeah, I'm taking any of that with a grain of salt after the that's just from the first half of the episode. <laughs> for sure. Uh any other thoughts on uh on any of those images or ideas? The the, the only thought is is, you know, 
going into this when it was first announced, or even the movie was first announced. I, I'm not making good questions to ask about. Well, what do you get? It's Kenobi in the desert. What could is he going to fight water pirates? We always make that reference because you know it's been used in the past. And there's and by the way, you could do that and make it very well. Uh, and I'm not super familiar with the 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 uh, Kenobi book that uh, Miller wrote, but uh, to actually see that this is what we got, and this is a lot of new canon is helping us with this kind of these big details of this is part of the action and, and, and Kenobi's off world, and this is why and potentially why. I, I'm just excited by that, uh, that alone. That's what these, this section of the images uh, made me think of. Yeah, in in terms of we talked about this a little bit on our our news and not news and cues our just cues question or a cues podcast that came out earlier today about you know what can or should the Kenobi promotion do to kind of frame the show for people and I think this is one of the things that they're doing of like look if if you've loved comic book stories if you've loved that novel that does deal with you know how does Kenobi kind of manage to be a Jedi and help some people and chase away the water pirates and all that uh hey there might be a tiny element of that in the beginning of this uh, story and then that's not what this is <laughs> we're yeah. trying to tell you in blinking flashing lights or to go to the other side of it um you know people who feel like oh we spend uh, all this time on Tatooine like he's getting off Tatooine don't yeah. worry I feel like this is really playing fair and open up lots of uh exciting ideas indeed uh, so then moving on, uh, there are a, uh, the, the tagline begins to hit the screen interspersed with images. Uh, we see, uh, Song Kong, uh, is an inquisitor marching on the planet, uh, Dayu apparently with stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, uh, Reva Reva igniting her blade to menace what appears to be a fleeing Tatooine citizen. Uh, we see a slender gloved hand touching a crude etching of a Jedi symbol on a wooden wall. Look, uh, that's that sentence alone is one of the most exciting sentences. <laughs> yes, uh, touching a crude etching of a Jedi symbol on a wooden wall. Jeez. Uh, then uh, Reva corners a figure with a blaster. She shoots at the, the the figure's cover on a rooftop and explodes into a flock of green birds. So a few things in there. Mm. Uh, the text uh, reads: "Between darkness and defeat, hope survives." Um, and then there is that final close-up on Obi-Wan, looking down, looking concerned, and he looks up. So that's a lot of images and a lot of ideas that flash toward us at the end. What are your thoughts about any of that stuff? This is the, I mean, the music is swelling. You got hope surviving. I'm starting to well up. There's a lot going on as, a, you know, Star Wars fans, we get pulled by this stuff. And God bless us uh, for getting to enjoy it to this level. Love all of it there. I love the glove hand touching this crude uh, etching of a Jedi symbol in a galaxy in which uh, the ruling parties have done everything they can and for the most part have succeeded in wiping the memory of this order out, right? It's yeah, uh, just, it's, it's it's valuable, it's important. It means a lot just to see it there, whether it was new, whether it was there from uh I almost like it more that it's there for the past and you just, you just can't get rid of it. You keep trying to erase every symbol but mm. there. Uh, it means, it means a lot. And then just some cool shots. I, you know, if, uh, what looks like the fifth brother marching with stormtroopers. It's, it's comic book stuff, man. And in the best kind of way, we got a panel of like, we got a comic panel up on the <laughs> screen and I, I, I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, just some great images in this. I so love, uh, uh, I think at one point, there, I didn't uh, remember to include it, we see, uh, you know, a whole uh, little meeting of Inquisitors. So, like, look, it's not the one Inquisitor. And this is part of what makes me feel like Reva is really introduced as a, is a character, where it is, you know, Fifth Brother looks, uh, obviously, it is a character um, yeah. that, that you can track and all that, uh, but also feels more like 
that's someone to fight Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. 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 I am. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, in the flash of images, it, 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 I was so focused on the between darkness and defeat hope survives that, that message, um, that, uh, I, I didn't kind of appreciate initially how much these images are this great contrast between the darkness and defeat and the hope, right? The mm-hmm. Inquisitor marching with the stormtroopers in the darkness, that, uh, you know, red blade menacing the Tatooine citizen. Uh, but then there's those images of hope, right? Uh, an yeah. etching of a Jedi symbol on a wooden wall. You know, even the fact that it's wooden <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is so, you know, organic versus mechanical, you know, natural of the earth it is etched into the you know no matter how much tech the empire makes they can't stomp out the natural world they can't stomp out hope um yeah. and on a on even like a practical level is that just something that that obi-wan sees or another character because i'm not convinced that's obi-wan's hand and is mm-hmm. you know maybe is that an inquisitor hand is that just the frustration of it won't die or is that like a uh, it almost seems to me that it could be a like are you a Jedi trying to hide this way? <laughs> yeah. 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 Safety, uh, safety behind here. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many, in, if this was not uh, filled with so many uh, sort of iconic images, I think uh, the, the green birds might be one of my favorite. Cause that is just another sort of like an image of nature as power, you know, that mm. bright green and this flock of birds uh, uh, you know, ascending literally, you know, being scattered by blasted fire, but still there is just this great emotional, um, the, the empire can't stamp out nature. They can't stamp out hope. They can't stand out, stamp out vibrancy. Yeah. Look, and if Filoni is writing this series, I'd say that's convoys and, uh, uh, you know, Ahsoka pops up from the smoke there. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Be. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Great, great use. Uh, of uh, the organic versus mechanical uh, theme and concept and just uh, literally bursting out and, and, and hope, uh, hope can do that. Yeah. It's, it's not lost to me. It's not small, man. That moment, those small, but the birds, uh, whether it be convoys or not, it's, and it's a tricky thing about star Wars. I've already seen the convoy talk could very well be convoys. It could also, also something be called bonvors who are the cousins of convoys. You never <laughs> heard of them before. All right. So just everyone pumped the brakes, have some fun speculating indeed, but yeah, I know I'm with you just it, 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 it's true crescendo of, of this trailer and, and those words, uh, uh, darkness and, and defeat. Those are dark words, but hope survive and so key to star Wars. And that's why I got moved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we get that close up of Obi-Wan. He looks up, hope does survive. And then, uh, over Vader's breath, the Kenobi logo appears. Uh, were you moved by the breathing of Vader? Uh, I was still, uh, I was still emotionally shook from Hope Survives and Kenobi's looking up, but I love it. I love it. It also, you know, brings you back to some uh, prequel era marketing too, right? The the, yep. the 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 shadow of Vader hanging over all of it, and and, and the confrontation forthcoming. Uh, I loved it. Great use. That's what I. That's what I would want. And and look, I. If we get an official shot or it's in a full trailer where we see see Hayden or Anakin, Vader, whatever, totally fine. And, you know, I'm going to be excited. We're going to do another episode about it. But if we never see it until it happens on the show, man, that would make me so happy. Yeah, I'll embrace it either way. I think the casting of Hayden means some mask off time. I think it means a a good possibility of a flashback to better times. Uh, I'm excited to see it in the show or in a trailer whenever it appears. But for now, I thought it was emotionally effective. Um, I thought it was, again, playing fair with the audience, right? If you haven't heard anything about this Obi-Wan Kenobi show, 
you know, if you haven't, you know, uh, memorized what Kathleen Kennedy said about it at an investor meeting, yeah. it's plain fair of like, oh, if you think this show is about Kenobi going on the run from these Inquisitors and you think these Inquisitors are the bad guy, it's stopping you and saying like, wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Vader is coming, right? Yeah. Uh, really plain fair, really framing it uh, for the audience. And I feel like for me, it, it, it's, you know, it, we have heard it before. So there's the risk of it having a, a lessened impact but it has such specific relationship to the way this trailer moved of Kenobi is down, uh, defeated, getting by. All of these things are happening to him, happening to him, which are spurring him towards movement, towards action, towards the possibility that that hope could survive. And it feels like it's all moving him towards where? Vader. Yes. In a confrontation with, you know, if, uh, if this show is just really about, at its heart, is about Kenobi accepting... Uh, his mistakes, accepting his failures, moving on from them in embracing hope in general and the hope represented uh, by Luke. Uh, Vader is not just one of the most important characters in Star Wars, but he is the symbol of what Kenobi needs to pass through, of like Kenobi's sort of a Jedi trial part two of accept what happened, accept your failure, face, you know, face your failure means face Vader. You know, and uh, to paraphrase Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, Vader's on that show. It's uh, a reminder <laughs> of what's coming indeed. Yeah, no, uh, well said indeed on, on, on the purpose and the big thing. And the, just, again, the symbolizing it, the, this show about, um, you know, failure and trauma and loss, defeat, and uh, this absolutely is the biggest in Kenobi's life. Yeah. And then finally, that Disney Plus logo is completed by the ignition and a slice of blue blade. How did you feel about that? Did you like that? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I like the sand. I like it all. I like a little, you know, they did it with a little Boba Fett stuff with the coloring, uh, you know, matching fat, all the stuff. Uh, so I just think it's, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it scratches that itch of the ignite the blue, like you said earlier up top, it, it worked in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, that's one of the things I think I de- definitely have loved in this Disney plus era, the new, the new intro with the faces and who knows what will pop up for this one. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like a dog hearing that bell for food, man. Pavlov's dog, right? I, <laughs> I see all that stuff, the Disney plus I'm ready. So, uh, I just excited and, and fun. it's just fun. Yeah, no, I, I like that the idea that it could be a Pavlovian response when I hear hope is like, uh, well, a blade's got to ignite. Yeah. <laughs> a lightsaber has to ignite. Uh, all right, that is a big look at the teaser trailer of the upcoming show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to have a shorter look at uh, the Entertainment Weekly. Some of the uh, the interesting things there uh, we ended up discussing about the trailer, but there are still some different images and ideas that it would be fun to discuss, so we don't want to leave that out of of our big episode of Four Center Reacts. We will be back and continue reacting in a moment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And we are back to finish our reaction to Kenobi. Uh, for now, we'll have plenty of other reaction in the future. Uh, there was a surprise drop online before the teaser trailer of the a preview of the final print edition of Entertainment Weekly hitting the stands on March 18th, uh, forever after hitting the internet on days. So uh, there are eight new images from the Kenobi show uh, and some revealing text. We're going to dive into the images and the text. Uh, first being the cover. Mm. So the cover features a concerned-looking Obi-Wan Kenobi with worn desert robes, uh, an unkempt beard, and a length of hair, Ken, that mm. dances toward the infamous Attack of the Clones mullet. Uh, he has his iconic blue blade ignited in this image. What are your reactions to just that cover image? I might frame it, put my wall. First of all, I'm having an emotional reaction to this being the final print edition of EW, right? <laughs> I, I know, right? I for years, had to d- dump a bunch of those magazines when I moved to LA. Boxes full of them. So, uh, man, oh, wow, end of an era. But hey, uh, all things change. You must embrace the change, I guess. There. So I love this. I might have to get this and put it on the wall. It's a great shot. It's everything I would have wanted, right? Sometimes it's a danger to, to slam your fist down on the table and say, this is what I want as a fan. Though we all have those wants and we all have those desires to, you know, about what we want to see in Star Wars. And you should. This is a check, 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 check. Mullet, check. <laughs> yep. I, I didn't even mention the twin sons. Check, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this is one of those images for me that, again, hits that perfect sweet spot of the old and the new of like, yeah, that is Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Those robes are different and look like they uh, have not been washed. Water is scarce on Star Wars, <laughs> on Tatooine. Um, and the lightsaber ignited. And more than anything, I think what I'm really affected by is that look in his eyes, right? That is yeah. a, a a look of... Uh, of concern of uh, that a decision hasn't been made yet on that face. And that's, what's yeah. intriguing of like the blades ignited, but what's he going to do next? He's saying you must do what you think is right. Of course. Uh, but here's my <laughs> option. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's really saying, should I use this lightsaber to trim my hair slightly? That's what's going through his mind. <laughs> no. And the answer is no. <laughs> it's a great, great uh, picture. I think there's going to be a lot of options for great uh, poster moments. Uh, for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, this is already being passed around. People have uh, removed the text and are passing around. It's like, I'm sure a lot of people need this image for their phones. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So uh, reports indeed have it that this story is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith and nine years before uh, A New Hope. We are now getting to see shots of uh, Ewan McGregor in trailer moving around and in these images. How concerned are you with tracking Obi-Wan's age? Other than for the joke, not much, right? <laughs> You know, uh, look, and you go, you know, again, spend a few years in the desert with twin sons. See how fast you age. All right. Uh, so I get that. Other than that, no, not so much, man. Uh, I, 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 I am interested by that 10 years after and how much our flashbacks, how much of him in that cave, both in the trailer and, and the shot are, is he just been there for 10 years? Like, F it, this is where I live now. And then finally he's like, you know what? Maybe it's time for a new hut. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know yeah. We'll get that. into that. Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly have not tracked his age. I don't know if I will. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it, it's just the kind of thing that I think uh, historically Star Wars uh, isn't too concerned about. It, it is a space fantasy. He does live under uh, twin sons. Um, I, I think I, I'm happy to see him aged up from uh, Revenge of the Sith, which, you know, has conveniently been, been done by, you know, time. Time, <laughs> time is- uh, and, you know, it, it's not, you know, I, I don't want uh, him to, I don't want uh, Alec Guinness uh, digitally replaced, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Ewan McGregor. I don't need it. They're two different human beings. It's a story. Uh, I'm fine with the twin sons uh, aging him up. I don't need uh, anything more with that. And I think, you know, for me, it is fun. It, it's a part of the fun of, yeah. uh, there's the justification of these characters have been through a lot, but like, look, look Boba Fett's in his forties, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there, there's a he's had a rough life uh, to be in his 40s. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, but look, you're traveling to different planets and worlds with different years and day links. I mean, come on. Who knows what this does to the human body? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm only concerned about his age. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about his, the age of his soul. Put it that there way. You go. Put it that way. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll count the wrinkles on his soul. So we're going to go into these eight images with corresponding text. Uh, the first one is a tr- called Trouble Around Every Corner. It is an image of Obi-Wan peeking around a stone wall, again, with concern. Uh, the text reads, what kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi will we meet in? Obi-Wan Kenobi says star Ewan McGregor. We find Obi-Wan at the beginning of our story, rather broken and faithless and beaten, somewhat given up, which is amazing confirmation of Kenobi headspace. I thought we were going to talk about this a lot when I thought we were just discussing (laughs) the article, but the trailer uh, goes all in on this as well. Any thoughts on this text and image? Uh, Love it. And by the way, this image is already making its way around the internet. It is built for memification. I love it. It's a great shot. 
Uh, so there you go. And, and yeah, this is again, one of those things of, uh, yeah, this is what I wanted. Uh, I, I'm not rooting for a broken Kenobi, but this is where the story needs to start. This is where I want the story to start and, and somewhat given up, which speaks to a, a spark of hope still being alive inside. Uh, everything about it, man, faithless. That's, that's to hear Kenobi, the Jedi, the poster child for the Jedi to be faithless. And that's, uh, that's powerful. Yeah, I think that's that's really, really powerful. Not just like the trauma, not the doubt in, you know, how did we fail? You know, how did we go wrong? Where am I specifically culpable? You know, what different choices should I have made? But this idea of uh, imagine if you're in this space of like, okay, I've run through it again and again, and I believe that I am doing right just by watching over this child. Mm. But 10 years have passed and there's nothing but horror out in the galaxy, and I'm doing nothing about it. It's one of those moments that I think is very realistic in life where you have reviewed your decision again and again, and you accept it on an intellectual level, but emotionally it just crumbles. Mm. And you need something emotionally to reconnect with. I know intellectually I have made the correct decision when I run it again and again, but emotionally it's just crumbling for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's very realistic. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm lost. I'm, I'm lost in the, the thoughts of a broken Kenobi. Yeah. I do love this image. I understand how it's going to be memed as is, is yeah. well it should. But for me, that's just like, if you had a thought bubble, it's just really like someone is in trouble and I want to use my lightsaber and I cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also me entering every party I've ever been invited to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is me uh, going to that sushi restaurant where I don't know how to order for sure. <laughs> Hiding just a little bit behind the mm. rock wall that people are already calling geode. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so then uh, we move on to the next image, uh, which says Inquisiting Minds Want to Know. It is an image of actor Moses Ingram as an armored-clad inquisitor with a neon, sun be neon sign behind her, which we did see in the trailer. The text reads, As the Force-sensitive inquisitor Reva, or Reva, Moses Ingram will prove a formidable new foe as she seeks out Jedi in hiding for the Empire. Director Deborah Cho and writer Joby Harold describe the character as ruthlessly ambitious. Mm. What are your thoughts uh, on that now that we've seen her in the trailer, uh, seen this image, and uh, have this character description of ruthlessly ambitious? I really love that. It makes sense, right? It's the it's, uh, same energy Krennic brings to his middle management meetings, and, and I think that's important in the Empire if you're trying to succeed in that horrible organization. So I like that's a starting point, and I like that we don't, you know, there's a lot of Inquisitor content out there. I still personally don't feel I know all about what the Inquisitors are, and I, I mean that in a good way. And, and I think Fallen Order actually is some of the, the best stuff around uh, around that. Um, so to to, to you know, do you climb? Do you get promoted? If you're the third sister, how do you get to the first chair, man? Like, what do you, is, is that what you need to do? And, and this idea of, of, of power, of power is never enough. Uh, it all it lines up. So I, I'm not shocked to have any Imperial-based character described as ruthlessly ambitious. It's kind of what you need to get the job. Uh, but to see that explored, again, going back to your idea of this being a character, not an obstacle. Wow, that's a great way, again, to summarize it, because that's what I think we got here. And uh, I want to I want to explore that more. I want to get inside the the, the Inquisitoris, Inquisitorius, find out what, yeah. what, 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 what makes them all tick. 
Yeah, I feel like just, yeah, calling the character ruthlessly ambitious uh, really makes me feel like if Kenobi is our, our perspective into Jedi philosophy of this is so painful to not be able to help people and the second I do break and help people, I put more people in danger, this impossible position. Uh, you know, how do I fulfill my my belief that we are all connected and I, you know, I rescue myself by rescuing others and I can't, uh, that, that the dark side, the Inquisitors are being trained the opposite of everybody out for themselves you know any nobody works together uh one person has more power and they command the people with less power and strong people try to get more power so don't have to be commanded anymore instead they command right so the idea that she would want to move up the ranks and take down the grand inquisitor or maybe vader or maybe palpatine himself right and that uh, a character who has been broken can ignore all of the things that are, are maybe yelling at them that you've made bad choices. Yeah. If you stay intensely committed to the choice that you've made of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best at this. I'm going to kill anybody and everybody in my way. I'm going to prove it. You know, could there even be a like, Oh, we realize this Jedi is Kenobi. Uh, and it, there's a stand down order. Vader's coming. And she's like, no, Oh yeah. I'll take him. Like I'm just utterly spitballing, not predicting, but no, it, it, it creates those kind of conflicts. Yeah. Well, what happens when maybe you're, you're faced with that, uh, you know, the, we kind of refer to as like the Dooku revelation of wait, wait a minute, you're going to kill me too. <laughs> like, what, is she faced with that? Does she learn that? Can Kenobi get to her on that angle? Uh, that's what I love what you were talking about earlier about uh, this, any kind of, um, you know, redemption again, do I, do I need it? Not at this point. I, I I'm so open to anything that they want to give us with this character, but, uh, I, I really did. This is my favorite thing from the EW article was the ruthless ambition of this character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I threw that prediction out there. I am not married to the idea yeah, yeah. of yeah. redemption, but I am really, really happy to learn that we are going to have this character, uh, who they have plenty of elbow room to make a perspective of the inquisitors, a perspective of the dark side. So, extremely excited about this character and uh i've loved uh moses ingram's uh performance and other things so thrilled this year in star wars yeah oh and the this is an action figure just waiting to to pop off the shelves can't wait to order this oh oh yeah i hope i hope the old action figure factories are are pumping out sooner (laughs) (laughs) wait a whole year yeah because look at look at all the different robes I get to buy, Ken. Kenobi's worn so many different. Let, let's go into the next image because it contains the Kenobi action figure I didn't know I need, but I want more than anything now. Uh, this one is called Caving M In. It is an image of a uh, dark bluish uh, hued cave uh, with some uh, chiseled steps. Obi Wan sits alone in the cave in what looks like. His comfy lounging robes. I, I joked on social media. This image really has some work from home vibes. It really of does. Kenobi just being, this is it, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, at least I'm going to be comfy. I'm going to take off my outer robe and think about what the hell I'm doing next. Uh, the text reads, McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi is a master Jedi and a master of decluttering is evidenced by his sparse dwelling on Tatooine where he has set up shop to watch over young Luke Skywalker. Uh, so, yeah, it, it would appear, you you brought this up, but I want to dig into it here. It appeared this is Tatooine, uh, that this is his place before he got into the real estate market and got the hut. <laughs> uh, if, if this is a convenient place to literally physically look over Luke, is he that much closer? Uh, is this a spiritual place as well? Where do you go with that? I, I, um, I like this as a starting point. Uh, you know, him 
using it as a, like you described like a spiritual place. Maybe he has, does have the hut and maybe this is the, where he goes. I think all that can work. I think there's also some comedy to be, be found here. You know, when we see him uh, in new hope, he's like, all right, I guess I got to pretend like I live here. Like, let me go get some relics. Like maybe he's like, what does that mean? I don't know. I just bought it at the market just to make it look like someone lives here. The only thing that matters is his chest with the lightsaber in it. Or uh, he starts to uh, reconnect and find himself and is not afraid of his past. I don't know. A lot of ways you can go with it there. Uh, but uh, it just, again, makes a lot of sense for what could, where Kenobi is in his mind at this point to like, it's like some sort of uh, self-punishment here, right? Like, I don't deserve pictures on the wall. I deserve this cave. I'm going to contemplate my failure. Yeah, I mean, it is it is the the Jedi way, you know, he, to have no possessions but your lightsaber. Uh, and it seems like he's really, really following that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there should be a YouTube show of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and other Jedi helping you to declutter and try to get rid of all my action figures of them. Not cool. Um yeah, I really like this image. I think caves and caverns, obviously, in lots of literature have this idea of they're the image of, of the interior. They're the image of going inside, going deeper, which, of course, gets into self-reflection. The fact that this is sort of like blue-hued blue and this almost looks like this is my room to be depressed in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, but it has that sort of deeper mythic level. The fact that places like this that we've seen in Star Wars have often had some level of spirituality. I'm not saying there's going to be like a virgence and this is, yeah. you know, a tattooing, you know, a uh, version of the, the Dagobah tree cave. I'm not saying that, but I think it could have that same kind of a storytelling or almost uh, a mythic feel mm -hmm. of reflecting on his life. And a great spot yeah. to talk to any force ghost you want to talk to. It could be that all that. Stuff. Right. This, this is his zoom room to hollow call uh, Qui-Gon in the force. Right. I totally think that's it. Yeah. I think so. I also just feel like there is a, a potential for a story time. We're having fun joking about real estate. And, and I love your idea of like, yeah, no, I live, a, I live all the way across the dune sea. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's just his, uh, his getaway condo. Uh, I love that idea. That's very funny. But I also feel like, there is room for storytelling of are some of these images from a little earlier in his time mm -hmm. and he starts out perched like a hawk and yeah. and you know owen comes up there and is like get the hell out of here yeah yeah no i i'm kind of with that yeah yes especially with with the angle he has looking down on the on the on the uh the hut and everything on and, and the and the 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 property yeah uh i i kind of think that i you know yeah, then you have to sync up Luke's age and everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. There's some in the those early uh, Marvel Star Wars, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the rebooted Marvel Star Wars, not the very original, um, where we're seeing journals, right, of Obi Wan. There yeah. are some confrontations of uh, Owen just telling him to get out of here. And I think at this point, it is clear that uh, ideas like that that are in comic books, we can see slightly altered versions of. So I think yeah. a and Owen screaming, get out of here. <laughs> oh, totally. Wanted. It is, uh, is like, likely and wanted by this mm -hmm. Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. Same. 100%. Uh, so moving on, we go to On the Hunt. It is an image of uh, Reva the Inquisitor on the streets of a desert town. Probably Tatooine. Mm -hmm. uh, citizens standing at a little space farmer's market booth uh, and staring in mm -hmm. apprehension. I think from the trailers, it's free, uh, safe to say terror now. Uh, the text reads, uh, they share a Carmen dark side goal, Ingram says about the villainous trio of Reva, the Grand Inquisitor, and Darth Vader. They're on the same team. As for what stands out most to Ingram about her big bad, it's all heart. So uh, I think this is maybe uh, part of what also set me on my path of uh, redemption. What does it's all heart mean to you? 
Well, where are you going to, how you, are you going to commit your heart? Uh, why are you committing to whatever, right? So uh, if uh, it also um, leads, uh, you got me thinking of choice, right? She's making a choice then. If they're all in the same team, which by the way, I mean, who believes that they're all on the same team? Yes, they, they wear the same <laughs> uniform and they have the same They goal. have the same goals, yeah. But you you know, uh, there's a danger there. So yeah, no, but I, I love this idea going again to this ruthless ambition. It, 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 seeks, it speaks to goals it speaks to thoughts it speaks to some sort of choice or choices are happening inside this third sister uh and it all comes from her heart and which direction the heart is pointing uh, that's where i'm gonna go with that yeah i, I like the idea that it, it is what is motivating her in her dark side journey right it's not like she's just broken and following orders and has her her heart and her mind turned off right uh she has got to be captured in that dark side rage and trying to think that through anger some some wrong will be righted you know yeah yeah that's uh and that's fascinating to me and and the fact that we're getting into that this character's heart their their personal reason uh for lying to themselves and aligning with the dark side that's Mm -hmm. really that's really exciting yeah uh, Life in the Slow Lane is the title of the next image and text. The image is of Kenobi in still more brown desert robes cupping the mouth of an Eopi. <laughs> the text says, we all know how Obi-Wan feels about flying. This Jedi prefers to travel by more primitive means like this Eopi whenever possible. Not a lot of plot relevance there other than knowing that uh, uh, Obi-Wan, uh, I guess, feeds his Eopi. I would assume that's what's happening. Ton of mood here. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on this? What emotion does this pull from you? Obi-Wan cups the mouth of an Eopi. Look, we're coming off a lot of great animal content from Book of Boba Fett. A lot of go make big baby banthas, a lot of that kind of energy, this, the, the rancor, Grogu nap, and I, I'm I'm here for it. I want more of it. And and, and Obi-Wan being nice to an Eopi uh, warms my heart there. And I love this idea, you know, that if he's like, I don't fly anymore, you all take speeders. I'm, I'm riding my Eopi. Uh, you know, Eunice the EOP. I'm taking her into town. I, I love this idea too. But yeah, no, just a fun little shot. Yeah, I, he just wishes he had a Veractal. Yeah, no, I like the Jedi. I like how much Obi Wan is uh, is coded as you know being the Jedi in touch with the organic and the natural. Mm-hmm. He prefers uh, riding Boga the Veractal, you know, yeah. than a speeder or piloting a ship, you know. And, and I think that that's fun and to see him have a, a little quiet moment uh, with this prequel animal. Lovely. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is a big one. We've already talked about a lot of the implications. Uh, this is called making him cry. Uncle (laughs) is an image of uncle Owen Lars staring down the inquisitor or maybe the other way around. Uh, the text reads Joel Edgerton is back as uncle Owen. And we don't necessarily like his odds in a face off with Riva. Uh, but as a wise smuggler once noted, never tell me the odds. Thank you, George, for casting Joel Edgerton as Uncle Owen, last director, Deborah Chow. That's all I can say. Uh, we talked a lot about what this means for the character of o- Owen, that he is seeing an Inquisitor, really, face to face. How do you feel about the implication from Deborah Chow that he's potentially got some heavy lifting to do as an actor? Love this. This is why we'll always say, you know, when, when Star Wars is accused of just nostalgia or characters popping up for a reason, analyze each instance as itself. And see how it's used. Is it is, is it Pop, Ponda Baba and Doctor Everson showing up in Rogue One for a for a wink and a nod? Then that take that as it, as it is. But if it's not just well, we need Uncle Owen back. We want Uncle Owen back. And you have this great performer uh, who has grown, who's grown immensely since his appearance in the prequels. By the way, uh, love a lot of his stuff. Love Warrior. So um, uh, I'm excited for that. Even if it's uh, you know I'm not expecting him to be in every episode, right? 
Uh, I'm expecting only Pierre when needed and uh, for the story, but I think it's going to be a, a big punch every time. And again, love the shot. Justice, justice for Owen. He's he's got some things later on. We can talk to him about about his points of view or what he's done. But for right here, right now, I think he's serving his purpose. And uh, I'm with you. I don't know. I guess she's intimidating him, but he's not backing down. At least not in this moment. No, no, it looks like a real face-off, and I'm sure Owen is, Owen's probably saying something that he can easily lie about, like, look, I have no love of Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, but I I think that Owen, it's so great to imagine Owen being furious that Kenobi, instead of guarding Luke, has brought trouble to his doorstep, right? It's so, uh, it makes so sense of, you know, you know, thought he'd follow, you thought you'd follow me on some damn fool idealistic crusade, right? Um, so, and, and I also am excited that that means that more substantive things for, um, for the actor to play, uh, for Joel Edgerton to play. And it also makes me really think about, yeah, we're going to get some Owen stuff at the beginning. And I think mm-hmm. probably bookends, right? I think yeah. the Kenobi he's dealing with at the beginning is not exactly the Kenobi he's going to deal with at the end. Agreed. Totally agreed. All right. We head into the final image and text, the big finish. Cloak and Saber, an image of Kenobi in profile, hood up, some neon in the background on this new planet. The text reads, McGregor is all cloaked up again as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he's got places to go, like the new planet of Dayu, which sort of has a Hong Kong feel to it, says writer Joby Harold. It got, it's got it got a graffiti-ridden uh, nightlife, and it's kind of edgy. It's just got a different lane and a different feeling. So how do you feel about this new planet? How do you feel officially seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi off-world? I love it. And I love that it's new. You could easily say, you know, take this to course into a lower level or something like that. I just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for Kenobi to go to the heart of all of it right right here in this timeline. And again, what is new will become old and familiar. I love this idea. I love, uh, you know, again, you want to get off Tatooine, the sparse desert planet we all spend time on, whether we want to or not. He got the other <laughs> side of it. Real urban environment, graffiti-ridden nightlife. Uh, and again, you know, get social butterfly uh, Kenobi here. Maybe he's uh, taking some time for another drink here. It's a chance for another Star Wars bar, Joseph, and I think that's very important. I want a new and fresh Star Wars bar. I want somebody else to lose a hand to Obi-Wan Kenobi at a bar. I'm fine with that. Yes. Uh, I'm fine yes. with Dexter hiding here. Absolutely. Uh, you tell me Dexter's like, oh, I left the course. I couldn't. Uh, that was not the environment. I've got to shop here. You, you come on. We're all, we're all wanting it. We all want that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what all of this makes me think of is I feel like we were seeing images from the first couple episodes. Could be wrong. At least first half. Uh, and, uh, if we're correct, a lot of these images feel like inquisitors come to Tatooine, uh, chase Obi-Wan here, Obi-Wan goes here to lead them away, makes sense for this kind of new and interesting place, uh, that's, you know, densely populated, right? Lots of noise, lots of distractions, lots of ways and places to blend in, uh, lots of ways for Obi-Wan to just kind of try to lose the inquisitors, uh, absolutely makes sense. So I think what this great image leaves me thinking uh it's obi-wan looking a little bit more classic with the hood up staring out at what point does this shift into his confrontation to vader with vader becomes inevitable you know Mm, and and this big question of at what point in this is there a choice where obi-wan could evade vader or he could face vader I, I think it's a big potential uh, plot point that I love of, of, of the rematch. It just, I've just Kenobi going like, yeah, but I don't want, I don't want that. I can't do that. 
I fail again. Like, yeah, I, I, I love that as a turning point versus, you know, a lot of times it's been talked about of like, he must do it again. And maybe he comes to that point. I think he would if he makes a decision to face him. But I love that. I love the doubt. I want, I want some Kenobi doubt. Yeah. I'm so fascinated with that because this really does look like a story where he, he could just be chased into the maw of Vader, right? Yeah. Chased into the clutches of Vader. And I think in, in some place, because this is uh, sounds like a bunch of different great characters and great ideas, but it is Obi-Wan Kenobi's show. So I think it is important that our characters make a choice. And I think him being willing to face Vader, because not only is Vader this actual uh, practical threat, uh, but he is everything that that Kenobi is wrestling with. He didn't save Anakin and he didn't stop Vader. And I think him being willing to say, I am going to fully face that that trauma and not run from it is important. Absolutely. Uh, Kenobi with a choice. Kenobi with a choice. That is a very big look. (laughs) They're squeaking in under two hours, I think, here. So, Ken, any final thoughts on all of this wealth of Kenobi storytelling that's coming? Nah, man, what a treat. We always say it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And, yes, this begins a new cycle of marketing, of cynicism, of joy, of uh, joy being undercut, uh, our expectations not being met. Here we go again, and I'm so happy we get to do it again. Yeah, I was really, really, um, it was healing uh, to start this journey on feeling all the emotions that that you and I talked about uh, with these images, but then in particular with this trailer and having no ambiguity that that's what this show is about is not denying that things are difficult, not denying that failure and consequences of failure are real in the long, hard road to make things better but that within all of that, there can still be hope. And that's what this show is about. That's so healing. And to see, I know people will debate, have valid criticisms, legitimately not like things, all those things that that will come. I, I'm sure when I check back in on social media, some of the the pushback and the, and the snark mm-hmm. and the valid criticisms will all be there. But man, was there just a burst of joy <laughs> and and it doesn't have to be just joy but i needed the joy so for anyone listening uh who who just had a, had a burst of joy thank you because it was really nice uh to be in in that moment and then we'll we'll head into all the challenges as well well said well said Thank you. My final thought, Ken, is uh, simply uh, thinking about which Kenobi action figure I want the most first. Mm, is it bedtime Kenobi? Sleepy time Kenobi? That's got I think it might be comfy work from home Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most exciting action figure, but Kenobi with sit in action. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, do you have your list up? You're always so good at rattling off where can people find us. And uh, I honestly don't have the list in front of me. Do you? Are you prepared for that? I, I mostly do it from memory, even when the words are in front of me, which is why I sometimes mess it up. Uh, yes. Uh, hey, everybody. We're the Force Center Podcast. We understand uh, shows like this bring uh, listeners back who have listened a while uh, or are just now finding us. Uh, we love discussing the, 
the teams. We're not a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of review show. We're a Star Wars discussion podcast. So thanks for joining us here. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. You can uh, get an audio book on us if you'd like to at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Hey, get into the High Republic and do it on us to help out the podcast. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center Podcast. Available in a lot of different spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Just search and you'll find us. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you get into our Discord where, oh my gosh, I woke up and saw so many notifications in the Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi TV show discussion thread. Uh, everyone's excited. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. Go to my website, kennapsuck.com for more. Don't forget to follow our uh, co-host and uh, partner, Jennifer Landa. And then, uh, Joseph, where can they follow you? Well, first, well said. A round of applause. Uh, that was, e- if you pulled that all from memory or pulled up a document, either way, it oh, was seamless. You know, I do not lie. All memory, because that's uh, a success, but I fail more often than not. So. <laughs> and there's always hope that we'll remember all the links to our various websites <laughs> that we must remember. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to uh, find me on social media, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website with uh, all of my other comedy adventures, josephscrimshaw.com. I'm sure when we do our news episode that uh, wonderfully, uh, our third partner, Jennifer Landa, has been able to rejoin our news show, and we'll revisit some of this to make sure that we get uh, Jennifer's take as well. Uh, you should be looking out uh, over the weekend for uh, TikToks because Jennifer sometimes does some amazing uh, Star Wars thoughts uh, on TikTok uh, from the insightful to the funny and everything in between so be sure to uh, look out for that but for now for myself for the hope of Kenobi and of course for Ken this has been Force It. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.